I'm Alex. And I'm Adam. And this is... Bropium for the Masses. I can't... Your hand signals are killing me. And I think you're doing it on purpose to ruin my opening. That's what I think is happening. Welcome, everybody, to Bropium for the Masses. I'm Alex with uh, my uh, mean-spirited younger brother here, Adam. And today we're going to talk about the uh, recurring fire hose of information that continues to spout a deluge of just just stuff just it, random it, stuff Alex, there's so many really, so much stuff happening at it, us so yeah we're going to talk about this uh a couple of it, things that have happened over the week go ahead i, I like to call it the uh the bukkake news cycle because oh it's God. just coming at you from from left all right angles, center, all angles yeah. and it's just covering you're ju- you covering you're, you yes yes you're at the end of the news cycle you are ashamed smelly and soaking wet is yeah. basically what you're i think what you're saying what's white um, and white and white all over it's really just <laughs> yeah, that, that's it yeah um yeah we've got some meaty stuff to talk about today i think um uh first off the hop i, I think we've got to talk about salman rushdie being stabbed um <laughs> yeah oh this one for, first of all we should we should actually remind people why was he even st- well What's the deal with Salman Rushdie? Why are so, people like, oh, he was stabbed at NYU? Like, what, what, why is it a big deal that this guy was stabbed? He, well, in, in the eyes of, in the eyes of the, I, the Shiite? Shiite? Not the Shia? It sh- I think sh- there were Shiite was it no, Muslim we're get corrected on this. We might, we might get corrected on this yeah. one. Um, but ultimately he was, uh, you know, I, I can't believe it's not Muslim. It, he... He wrote a book called The Satanic Verses, yep. which was in '88. In in a '88, which was basically a supernatural take on some Islamic mysticism or like an Islamic inspired supernatural thing. Yeah, he, I, I would say that's correct. Yeah, yeah. He basically wrote a like superhero fan fiction for Islam. So yes, if, if yes. Spider Man. You know, ate halal essentially, um, yeah. and could and could fly above the clouds. But that's the narrative, neither here nor there. Yeah. And then ultimately, the Muslim community did not like that he wrote this novel. They <laughs> well, thought it one was one particular Muslim, and your idea is Shiite. Yeah. 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 It, it was one particular Muslim, the the late, greatly bearded, awfully human beinged uh, Khomeini. Khomeini? I, Khomeini. The Ayatollah Khomeini. Yeah, yeah, the right, Ayatollah. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, the Ayatollah, I told you so, it, he put a fatwa on on Salman Rushdie. And what is a fatwa? What's a fatwa, Adam? A fatwa, it, I think the direct meaning is that it is a ruling by the Islamic congregation. And in this case, the ruling was that, because you can put fatwas, uh, you can, or fatwas can come down for different things. Yeah, you could say, this, I, I issue a fatwa about, Women driving, exactly. they shall not drive. It's, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. It's a command, right? It's so, a command to the followers of Islam, is what it is. Yeah, and then this fatwa had a little. Um, What's that? A little twist pepper or mustard yeah. on this fatwa? You know, it was. It was for the death and assassination of Salman Rushdie for writing this book. Yeah, you know. As one does against writers. Right? It's like you made fun of Jesus. So now every Christian 
must kill you personally, Adam, because yeah, you made a joke about him. Yeah, that's essentially um, it would be like the Pope saying, um, I heard Adam uh, tell, wrote a, a, a novel or no, what, what would you call it? It's a it's a, what's your book about? It's I don't want to I don't want to misdescribe it. It's erotic. Oh, sonnets. Poetry? It's erotic sonnets. Sonnets. Yeah. sonnets. Yeah, I didn't want to say poetry. Okay. So he says, the Pope says, I don't like Adam's erotic sonnets. It actually directly, uh, in, in, it goes against one, Christian Christian beliefs and values. And two, it makes a mockery of Jesus. And we just yeah. simply can't have that. And anybody who makes a mockery of Jesus must die. We must ever, die. Everyone knows that. So the Pope says, kill Adam. <laughs> yeah. Every Christian, it's their duty now. To kill you. And like, now, that and like, if that sounds crazy to anybody, that's because it is crazy. It is crazy. Right? That's yeah. full crazy. And, and so you that's, know, that's what happened here. In the Pope's defense in this hypothetical, I don't write about molesting young boys. So, yeah, I understand why he's mad. The content I write about mm-hmm. does not pertain to the... to the, to it, the It's the, consenting the adults, block. which... Yeah, the, you know, I'm talking yeah, about consenting right. adults. Don't I, like that. Passion... Um, talking about, uh, you know, non-repressive memories, things of this nature where, you know, unfortunately you, 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 if, if you know your popes or at least your cardinals, they'd like them to, they, they like, they like their sex earned with a Snickers bar and a Coke. Like that's oh, all they want to pay for. <laughs> with Game Boy and a Tetris cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, school, right? the, the Nintendo yeah. budget of the Catholic faith is, is pretty high. You're like, oh, out of control. I've never, out of I've control. never seen a priest play uh, Nintendo right? Switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Salman yeah. Rushdie wrote this book, The Satanic Verses, and this fatwa has been on his head since 1988. Yeah. And the guy's been, you know, for, to my eye, I mean, correct me here, he's been avoiding kind of being in the public. And when he is in public, he tends to have a lot of security around him. For um, ten years, actually, like, he was under uh, private, um, uh, private. He was under government surveillance, so that they were keeping him his location hidden, essentially. Yeah, because that's how serious Iran was about trying to get yeah. this guy dead. So um, he's a prolific writer in his own in his own uh, way, and uh, actually very good friends with the late Christopher Hitchens, which I think is kind of a cool thing. Um, and I and I wonder. I wonder what Christopher Hitchens would say about this. You know, oh, um, I've read so many of his books. I'm a big Christopher Hitchens fan, and I think just if he had heard this, I the wordsmithing he would do to condemn just... this stabber attacker would be this guy should just kill himself after reading it. Well, That's how bad I think it would this, be. Right? I, you know the the horrible joke we made before before coming on and recording today was that oh, it seems you know when. When you make a fatwa, it seems that there's no best before date on a fatwa. <laughs> right. so it's, they are yeah. once once that ruling is issued, I guess once until issued. until annulled or un- <laughs> until annulled, yeah. until over fatwa. Do you do you de well, fatwa? If Khomeini's dead and he's the issuer, you know, could, could we make a case that? it's no longer there or I don't know enough about kings. You get buried with your fatwas like you would your gold. I don't know enough about them to really make this case, but, um, or make that statement, but let's, anyway, Salman Rushdie comes out to NYU to give this speech at, or he's giving a talk and this guy rushes up on stage and stabs him. And like he nearly dies. Yeah. Yeah, He nearly, or he, he, sorry, rushes onto the stage, not up on stage. Um, And he nearly dies. He's on life support for a while. He's intubated in an ICU. And apparently he's just. Might um, lose an eye. 
Oh, really? Yeah, might, might lose an eye. They, they haven't, the doctor hasn't released a statement on whether he's losing an eye because when he went down, his glasses broke into his face. Oh, no. Or if he actually took a strike to, to the face. Sure. So they're not they're not releasing that. Yeah. So we don't know where the lacerations or stab wounds are. I that's feel like we could event. do a whole episode on why someone <clears throat> simply either drawing a cartoon or or making light of a religion or religious figure might be um, something that liberals have really not spoken out enough against. And I think um, this. If we want to, we talk about the hypocrisy of the right a lot, but I think that that is a black or dark stain on liberalism where we are quite happy to call out uh, the right for their hypocrisy and misgivings, but we're unwilling to talk about things like a fatwa or or, ter- or terrorism. In this, that's this is yeah, this exactly, is what, yeah. this is what terrorism to, that's it, this, to is, this is domestic so, terrorism. Or no, no, you're right. It's just terrorism. It's, just, it's, it's not terrorism. terrorism. Yeah. To sow fear to either. Act to so fear insofar as it acts as a barrier for people to perform certain acts. Yeah, is terrorism. You're you're sowing terror in in certain in certain groups. Those groups are sometimes newspapers. Those groups are a lot of the time governments. And it, I'm glad you brought up the Dutch cartoon because this is one of those things that's still an egregious error by by everyone on the left. It, it, probably yeah, less the less Charlie on the Hebdo. right. That's yeah, what you're the, talking about. Charlie Hebdo, which was uh, no everyone forgets this. It was day two of the cartoon contest that these yeah. cart these are the cartoons that pissed pissed off uh, large groups of uh, of Muslims. Not day one. Day one was the oh these these are depictions of um, of Muhammad uh, that have they've been very popular in Iran and through certain subsects of the Muslim faith. Day two was our cartoon contest though, and that's that's going to be the one where you know we're going to have a little Crazy. bit of a laugh. Yeah, and what. What the world had the opportunity to do was condemn the terror that was sown by a minority group to say we will not put up with you if threatening to bomb us. And this yeah. this is a classic tale as old as South Park. And we we <laughs> as old like, as South Park. Yeah, no, honestly. And this is where you can say, oh yeah, every time we apologize for offending this minority group for depicting their probably existed, definitely wasn't a superhero prophet guy. We are bending the knee to what is effectively fear. We, we, we are, we're kowtowing to fear over standing up for what is ostensibly the right. Like we we're we're standing up for something that is right. And you're saying we will not be afraid to show depictions of, of your of your figurehead because once once you choose who you can't make fun of you know who who effectively leads you or guides your actions right. the, yeah, the yeah. classic dictator dilemma who can you not make fun of that is the person or that is the group that that guides your actions and if you can say you know at the end of the day you're like oh i won't make fun of like you know like uh, murdering people or something like that. We're like, oh, well, then you must be guided by at least an understanding that you don't want to murder people. But you're like, oh, I won't make fun of this political figure. You're saying, oh, well, then that political figure owns some of your decisions. You yes. you don't yeah. do things because they the, you might incur their wrath. And as 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 I've said to some people before, they're they're taking up rent free space in your head. You know when you like yeah. So yep. it's, they're occupying your thoughts enough that, you, that there's ways in which you're not going to behave because 
you think they're watching, right? So if anybody's ever felt spied on by their employer or uh, um, fear, fear you know, of getting caught. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that, it's, it's that fear. Now to, to be fair, man, I don't want to draw a picture of this person. I don't care to even talk about even like a prof, like whomever they're, they don't want drawings of. I, I don't care to, it's not, I don't want to do it to spite them. Right. Like I don't want to draw the prophet. I don't want to draw Jesus. I don't want to draw, um, you know, Vishnu. I just, I don't care about drawing these things, but I do care about others, people's ability to do it in a way that's free from harm. Right. So Mm -hmm. in that way, I'm sort of a free speech absolutist, but that would be like, some people are going to say, well, you can't be that much of an absolutist if you're not willing to do it yourself. Okay. Fair. I, but why would I needlessly invite controversy into my life where there doesn't already exist? Right. I'm not embroiled in this battle. Um, I'm, and I'm not choosing neutrality here. I'm just saying, I don't want to do it myself. Like I'm sure you're, you probably in the same boat. You're not about to go on the internet and start parading around, uh, you know, defamatory images to invite some eyes to look at it. I just don't think that that's, but, but again, that speaks to maybe humans in general. Like I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm not trying to, um, steal, right? I just don't want to invite that controversy into my life. I'm not trying to commit adultery because I'm not trying to invite that. I don't need that in my life, right? I don't like that. That's an upsetting way to be. So, um, but I do care that about the, the Dutch cartoonist. I do think that that was something that the left was just so bad at condemning. And we, we really had an opportunity to stand together there and you know, I think it's going to be one of those things we we will always remember as our hypocrisy or hypocrisy of the left and say our like we're mm-hmm. on the left. But yeah. And, you know, you will say, you know, maybe it is not so much free speech absolutism, but, you know, in, in the Internet age, maybe it is more just the practicalities of Rule 34. Which is sorry, what's Rule 34? Rule 34 is the, uh, you know, the the inter- the rules of the Internet. If it exists, there is porn of it. Mm. <laughs> which which is there's there there are exceptions to every rule so when you put child in front of that you're like ah that's that's totally messed up that should be condemned and sought out and yeah. those bastards should be burned alive but that depictions of muhammad exist also mean that rule 34 applies and that would yeah. also mean that there are porn versions of muhammad and ultimately as well there should be yeah and no one should be persecuted because of well, that, I, I was was I watching? It's a Netflix documentary, and it was talking about like I I, I can't remember the documentary. It doesn't matter. It, it might not even been on Netflix. It doesn't matter. And it was it said that there's this um, Indian porn star. Um, her name's Mia Khalifa, and she is one of the most downloaded or I don't even think people download. That's such a dumb thing to say. Viewed. Let's say she's one of the most viewed people. In, and she's a she's a porn star in because Pakistan and in India. Yeah, because she looks well. She yeah, you can tell just by the name. Maybe not, maybe not Mia, but the Khalifa part. She's she's Indian, um, augmented in several ways, uh, but she's very popular. So and, and it turns out amongst what what demographic? Oh, all the people who say they don't uh, they don't view women online, and mm-hmm. you know it's like all the Puritans, you know, of uh, the Middle East. She's yeah. like the, one of the most watched and she does a lot of porn in a hijab, which is kind of fucked up, <laughs> but you found her that's, niche. That's and people like, tuned in. 
and, and people are tuning into it. So to your point about this rule, rule you know? 34, it's like, there's no hey, sacred man. cows, as they say. Yeah. It's like grinder in Utah. You're like, you think no one's on it. And then it has one of the most active communities around. Just no right. one shows their face in the photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dicks. That's just, it's like, nope. No. Yeah. Yes. Oh no. Yes. He, oh, he trims. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's t- probably what Grinder looks like in Utah. Yeah. Dicks, yeah. Short, uh, short sleeve, white button-up shirts, and black pants. I was just, <laughs> just going to say the magic underwear in most of the photos. Yeah, you got to have a dick. Underwear. A dick is is showing through the underwear. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, totally. What's Grinder? Tell people what Grinder is. If you don't know what Grinder is, you're not an adult. Grinder, no people. Honestly, people at work, I I dropped a joke about Grinder, and people are like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Are you serious? What world do you live in right now?" But I don't so, know. We're into this kind of stuff, so maybe that's, okay, so that's on us. Yeah, Grinder is an is a marketplace for men seeking men to engage in each other. It's basically <laughs> engage in each other. Yeah, it's it's. Tinder for the gay community. I do believe that the uh, the the L, the Bs, the Ts. I don't know, but the, any others, the two pluses are on Grinder. I'm not sure, but it caters uh, heavily to the gay community, and it yeah it it did successfully what OkCupid, Match.com, Tinder, and every other iteration after the fact wanted to do. Only it realized that its community was just much more in it to win it and yeah it, apart <laughs> apart from being one of the most um popular platforms for exchanging pictures of your anatomy primarily your dick uh it's also a place where yeah uh, gay men can uh, can meet can swipe right and ultimately find the partners that they want to live long relation long lives with and bang what percentage of conservative republicans do you think are on Grinder right now? I mean, just let's just throw some a, a number that could be believable that we will okay. then live with. In I want perpetuity. I so want to believe it's a lot, but ultimately, I don't, no, I don't have. I, I want to believe it's a lot, but I don't think it is. But the reason yeah. I don't think it is because these crazy old bastards are still posting on Craigslist saying "man seeking man" and are ultimately like looking uh, for. Yeah, fair. Looking for a casual encounter mouth. Like that's that's ultimately <laughs> what they're saying. Oh my God. It's so direct. Looking yeah. for a warm mouth, preferably with a few teeth in it. It's like, wow, that's oddly yeah. specific and right. Discretion appreciated. Right? Yeah. Cab fares on the dresser. <laughs> I feel like it's somewhere between five and ten percent. Just just the closeted the, uh, it, yeah. this is this is yeah. where it becomes like pathetically like pathetically predictable like you'd you'd expect certain levels of of predictability in life the house always wins you know we all got to pay taxes jeff fuel doesn't melt steel beams but when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) when it comes when it comes to like (laughs) claudia will remember everything wrong you ever did that's the one yeah always but when it comes to like the 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 like hard-pressed anti-gay Republican or right-wing kind of political leader just being a closeted homosexual, having like a harem of dudes that they've just been plowing for the last 10 years in the one, you know, main squeeze that was living in his summer home can finally came out and said like, he won't accept me as his primary partner. So I'm letting everybody know he's gay. Like this just yeah. keeps happening. 
basically everything Liberace did. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it is that pathetic and glittered. Yeah. yeah. I guess now you whenever know, you're it, saying I'm yeah. a Republican, you're saying I'm probably gay. Well, <laughs> what you're saying is there are many of us who are closeted uh, gays, but are um, publicly homophobic. That's what, like, there's been so many incidences of this happening in two, two conservatives, right? Or you find out Jerry Falwell, I'm making it up. Jerry Falwell had a mistress who he made have an abortion. It's like, and he's the most outspoken guy against abortion when he was live. So yeah. th- these are always things you find out later or after the fact. That, Good that for are, thee, but not for me. Like it's that's, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so we're moving on from. So we wish Salman Rushdie all the best. Yeah, Hopefully Rushdie. he gets uh, he gets well. Shut I don't. Up, man. I hope, it, I hope it's crazy good. what that what's happened here, but yeah. Um, now, so a, a little uh, little factoid here. I just I, I looked up today. I guess the guy who stabbed him says that he admires the Ayatollah, uh, but um, doesn't will not say if the fatwa was the reason he stabbed Salman Rushdie. Now, uh, what other reason could he have? Like, did did Salman Salman cut him off in traffic, or you know, I, I, did he sleep with his wife? The guy's like in his seventy. I don't know. It just feels like there's on the short list of reasons why you would run up in a crowded theater. And stab a man in the back, which in the back says something about the person who's doing the stabbing. Yeah. Um, uh, there's probably a short list of things that Salman Rushdie did to this guy to deserve being stabbed by him. At the top of my list is the fatwa. Is the fatwa. It, may, it may not be at the top of this guy's list, but I think he's being needlessly obstinate about his reasoning. He's a Muslim. He admires the Ayatollah. You've you've almost you're a man. Uh, you're almost told me everything I need to know about you. I bet, you know, I bet like, he's, yeah. he's going to come out to him like, I'm actually the reincarnation of the Ayatollah. Also reincarnation some, that some crazy now exists in Islam. In Islam. Yeah. It's now a new thing. It'll be a new, uh, oh, a new Hadith. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just like a brand new, which would in itself be a satanic verse because it goes against the original Hadith. Full meta. Hmm. But Alex, you're right. Wow. You, you, don't, circle. you don't murder Tucker Carlson because you hate Argyle socks. You do it because of his goddamn bow ties. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, that was not a fatwa, by the way, or a call to action. No. no. Well, look, you're not the leader of a country, so really, do you have any standing to issue anything? Not really. You know, it's fair. You're the, That's fair. You're, I mean, you're the leader of your own kingdom, and that is that condo you live in right there. So. All the ones of my followers, please, <laughs> yeah. band together internationally. Somebody punch Tucker Carlson right in the face. Break right his nose. Face. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then in the dick as he goes down. <laughs> Face dick punch. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Uh, okay. Well, what are you drinking today, by the way? Are you drinking I, I Yeah, I was drinking some wine, and I believe uh, my lovely partner is going to go get me some more. Um, that looks like a water glass you have in your hand. It is no. a water glass. I, okay. I'm a spilly drinker, so I like yeah. a nice tumbler for my Is that what that is? Technically, is that a tumbler? It's going to be a tumbler, no. yeah. But we, uh, she's getting me a clay wine glass. Okay, maintain. so this is interesting. Most of the wine we drank as kids. Wait a second. I should rephrase that. Most of the parents with one violent parent, guys. It, it was a weird, weird time to grow up. Yeah, well, most of the wine that was drank around us at the us. dinner table or Christmas or whatever Easter things like that that we or um, at our plates. Yeah, or whatever. Just, just <laughs> daily um, was always 
we, you know, they typically, no one ever drank out of wine glasses. Do you, do you remember this growing up? Like we didn't have wine glasses. We always drank out of a small water glass or tumbler. Yeah. Which is, and, and you find like that's the way a lot of people drink wine. Like they yeah. don't drink it out of these the majority big of glasses that you, yeah, yeah. yeah. The swishing is not a thing in a lot of yeah. places. And and, the yeah. clay maintains the temperature of the wine because if your hand is very hot or, you know, Bricks. it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it well, it's okay. So this is even dumber. So they invented stems on wine glasses so that you hold the stems so your wine doesn't wine heat doesn't up. And it's get, like, yeah. well, why don't you just go back to the original clay then? Like that, yeah. you know, but whatever. Because I like fancier. to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It looks cool. Anyway, looks, look, look, we have, uh, we have wine glasses. Like this, so whatever. Yeah. I know. We have lots of shit we don't need, but whatever. I'm drinking a uh, land shark. Lager. A land shark. Is that I'm for is the this, beer? I haven't had a beer in a while. Given the, given the yellow and black color scheme, is a land shark just another name for a Wolverine? <laughs> land shark. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I don't know. I'd say a honey badger. Honey badger is more like a is a land shark. Yeah, fair enough. Honey, honey badger don't give a fuck. Have honey you, badger have you don't seen give those, a fuck. Have you <laughs> seen those memes? They're so good. Yeah. What? What is that? You can just eat a cobra because honey badgers don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right. On to the next one, Alex. Since we were on the topic of grinder, I want to pose uh, a question to you. Let's say I'm a, you know, a hyper conservative, right leaning male, and mm-hmm. I want to find myself a uterus that is attached to a vagina of what's that thing called? A woman. Oh, a woman. That oh, ultimately like... can carry my offspring and keep her mouth shut and stay in the kitchen. Where would I go? I'm looking for not the left thing, not not <laughs> not, not the top doohickey what, what am i looking for alex <laughs> you're looking for the right stuff the right stuff what is the right the, stuff alex the, <laughs> the right stuff is essentially um conservatives answer to something like tinder so the <laughs> or or j date it's it's where verdicts out well yeah you know what though like <laughs> Okay, let's give J-Date its due. It's like, yeah, just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you're a um, sort of like Trump-loving, fair, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy-spouting, flat-earther kind of person who's who believes that there are only two genders and um, one of them is less than, you know, one is man and one is less than man, all right? So it's like, I don't think J-Date is quite comparable to the right stuff, but... Yeah. Um, but it, I, we won't. I don't want to digress too much on that. So the right stuff is uh, is a dating app that, uh, funnily enough, if if anybody remembers this, um, Karen of the White House, uh, Kaylee McEnany, she was the press secretary, White House press secretary for I think the longest amount of time, which was like one month under Donald Trump. I'm joking; it was longer than that, but twenty five um, days. It was this. It was something long. Um, she's this blonde haired, blue eyed, just. Um, she's just, she's an Ann Coulter light is what I would call her yeah. in a lot of ways. And I, and I always think, and her name's, her first name's Kaylee. And I really thought Karen should be, we should rename Karen Kaylee's all the Kaylee's of the world, but it did, it didn't really, it didn't go off when I, I, I dropped it on Twitter and no one picked it up. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the right stuff is, um, it's an invite only dating app specifically aimed at conservative singles. Ooh. Um, 
it isn't a new concept. A number of conservative-focused dating apps have uh, existed over the years. Uh, I'm just reading from an article here on it because um, I had to kind of look it up because I, I don't know who the hell Kaylee McEnany's sister is. Apparently, it's Ryan, two N's, McEnany, Ryan McEnany. Of course, she has two N's because she's obnoxious. I'm sorry, Alex. I believe that's Rianne. <laughs> no. Hey, no, Rianne. No, no, I'm going to... She's she misgenders people. I'm going to misname her. Her, her name's Ryan. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's humorously uh, it, take that. <laughs> um, a number of conservative-focused dating apps have existed over the years, including the humorously named TrumpSingles.com. Which you, Adam, what's your intuition about Trump singles? Do you think it failed, or is it the best dating app ever? <laughs> Alex, Alex. You can't run an app if it's just one father and his daughter <laughs> just trying to bang one and not the other. Like yeah, it's, right? It's like he's always swiping right on the only person on the app. And she's and like, always swiping left. It's just yeah, like, God, I'm yeah. like really do? not into it. What do you do? Uh, so uh, she did a YouTube reveal where she said, we're sorry you've had to endure years of bad dates and wasted time with people that don't see the world our way the right way that sounds dangerously totalitarian and fascist but okay um the most laughable (laughs) example deals with gender identity mcinany touts that the right stuff uses uh users create profiles with no pronouns necessary shortly after saying that only two gender options on the platform are ladies and gentlemen so (laughs) that's like everything's you know what good cool I'm not on any dating apps, but I certainly wouldn't want any dating apps to be populated with people that are this plainly stupid. Like, like I don't have another word for people like this, right? Who, who are are immune to any type of reason, logic, or fact. They're they're stupid. That's what it is. Um, May they may they breed tiny children who are then like lemmings walked off a, a building so that they're. Genet- or walked off a cliff so that their their genetics may never um, see another the light of day. So I just I, I I don't I don't get it. I don't get how how they can exist in the world this dumb. It's I think it's Alex, problematic. You know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opposite approach. I really think if this wasn't just going to be such a talking like head tool for right-wing ideology and wasn't going to be like such a cash grab from all participants. I would say this is actually a hearkening back to the simpler times of the internet when you were into some weird shit and you went on the internet and you found your community of other other people people into foot stuff or that weird shit. Think of, I think, I think what's the, the more egregious thing here is that, this is being presented as as a brand new idea that is finally arriving when yeah. really any furry bondage baby you know role play kind of person can tell you they're like whoa 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 we have found our niche communities on the internet before and we have conventions now yeah you guys just realized that your convention that you've been having for the last 120 years was absent sex so why are you trying to now say oh look at us finally coming out with this that's thing. a good point that's a good like, point yeah they see like, pack has always happened they yeah, were just yeah. missing the hey you two should breed why because them damn democrats 
That's true. It's like if you're if you they if you hold true to this puritanical notion that there's no intercourse before marriage, why do you have a dating app? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I guess you can date without having intercourse. But like that's not fun. <laughs> oh wait, conservatives are not fun though. Never mind. I love yeah. I love having yeah. dinner over and over and over again with no expectation of anything <laughs> to happen after dinner. <laughs> yeah, mm. actually, um, hold on. This is this reminds me of something I was uh, listening to today. Uh, don't be mad at me. I was oh, listening to um, Johan Rogan, Joe Rogan, um, and he had this. Um, guy on his podcast, his name's Seth Dillon. Do you know who this guy is? Um, was, no. is he is he Matt Dillon's other brother that we don't know about? <laughs> no, Matt Dillon has no brothers. He actually he ate one in utero. Did you know that? I, I believe that it. But, it, I but be- it's but you know it's very believable. It's like very he had a twin, believable. but he, he ate his twin in utero. Yeah. Um, no, so Seth Dillon is. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the Onion. I have. Obviously, a, a very a, a punditry website that makes fun of virtually anything, right? So um, it was it was on the Onion that I learned that knife wounds could be fatal to monkeys. So, and it, it turns out I learned on the Onion that it doesn't matter where you stab them in the chest, in the groin, or in the eyes several times, all of those wounds prove fatal. To <laughs> It was one of the best <laughs> fake news articles I've ever read, <laughs> especially when the announcer shows like a, a capuchin, a baby capuchin. He's like, it didn't matter if we stabbed older, <laughs> older monkeys or baby, baby tiny monkey. baby capuchins with the nice wor- furry ears. They they died also. <laughs> it's like, what the happening? <laughs> Honestly, if you haven't watched, so go on, go right now. Stop this podcast as we say. Pause, yeah, pause right now. This- go on YouTube. <laughs> look up the onion stab wounds and monkeys just put that in actually put it into any search engine it's going to be the first one it's, right? so good. it's probably been viewed a billion times it's hilarious um yeah so anyway so you've heard of the onion onion delivers satirical news um you know in a in a very with a liberal spin right so they're liberals that are doing this so seth dylan he created the babylon b can you guess what it is adam <laughs> the babylon, the babylon b, b? So I just told you what the the onion is. What do you think this guy's uh, thing is? This is? the right wing version of the onion. I'm nodding furiously. It is so the right wing version. It's of the completely onion. devoid of humor because they only exactly. they, <laughs> they don't just punch. They don't just punch down. They punch toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they punch uh, disabled people. Uh, little people just toddlers uh pregnant women you whatever's below them they're punching yeah so they're um unsurprisingly unfunny and uh rogan said something this is going to relate to what we're talking about he's like uh about conservatives not being you know not being funny and nobody wants to be around them he's like uh yeah like what was your motivation for creating this he's like well there's no one doing this and he goes yeah well that's kind of a that's kind of a thing because like there's the conservatives tend not to be really funny. He yeah. goes now the meat, the meme sphere, the meme, meme, the meme universe, anything having to do with memes that traditionally is really conservative. They're the dumbest memes you've ever seen that are totally false, but they tend to do that. Right. So that, that the right, the right has produced a lot of meme culture, which is, um, uh, you know, so a perfect example would be like Justin Trudeau memes, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're making fun of his hair. It's like, yeah, it's not that funny. Like, cool. You don't like his hair. I get it. Was a meme. 
the thing to do or a Fidel Castro side by side with Trudeau's picture. Uh, and they go, we're just asking questions and somebody has their hands up. Yeah. It's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not a thing, but sure. I, if you think it's funny, I guess you you're having a laugh. No one else is though. Really? Right. So he's the, he is the creator of the Babylon B or, or whatever. He, he's an editor or something for it. I don't really care. I didn't list it that long actually, but he's, just totally unfunny. And some of the articles that they even, I even looked them up. Not a single one is really is interesting. Uh, Which, one of them was like Bernie Sanders goes to China to talk about um, how much he loves their communism. And it's like, okay. Hot, hot take, yeah. bro. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that. F- I, it, it, it's not even fun. If it were like Bernie Sanders, uh, refuses to pay for the pickle he didn't order on his <laughs> on his on his on his uh, like brat or something like, so, where he's so cheap and it's kind of like a small interplay between like Judaism and being cheap and it was like at a deli where he ha- he was getting smoked smoked brisket or something like that in his mittens or in a, or or gets pickle juice on his mittens ref- ref- refers to does doesn't want to play pay for the pickles or something is, is anything else than he went to talk about Kongman. It's so on the nose and ridiculous yeah. as not being funny, right? So I looked at a bunch of their, I, I, you know, I gave them a hit on the website, unfortunately. It wasn't funny at all. And it's not because I'm like a centrist. It's just, it isn't objectively funny. Um, not like stabbing monkeys in the eye and them having them die. Like mean, that's objectively well, hilarious. So. That's, therein lies some of the part. That's a lot of times comedy is when, when, reality collides with absurdity so that's when that's oh, when perfectly perfectly gr- said yeah I agree. great source of humor and when you are the absurd you have to collide with reality to then create the humor but when you claim that your absurdity is reality you're uh, yeah the only way you can create humor ostensibly is you you pick oh you pick your absurd but your absurd is so nonsensical that people are like I don't, I don't get the, the joke. Are you making a joke or are you just writing nonsense? <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you need to bridge a gap, and that's going from absurdity to reality or reality to absurdity. Not from saying that absurdity is reality and then saying I got yeah, it. I think that you no, know, you're hitting the nose. You're hitting the nail right in the head here. That's, that's it. The- it's that it's that you're making you you're you're already believing in in, in, in a universe that doesn't exist, and you say it ceaselessly. You lie ceaselessly. Now you're making jokes about the lies. And it's like, yeah, the lie isn't even funny. Therefore, the joke can't. It's the law of transitive properties. I don't know if the Babylon Bee is aware of the law of transitive properties, but it, it, it holds true, I think, here for uh, some of their articles. I, I brought up a couple more for you just because. Please. Again, oh, I got it. I got it. Let's, re- let's rewrite these. Let's do this. Okay. So Mayor Adams, uh, uh, New York City Mayor Adams, mandates bike helmets to protect New Yorkers from getting sucker punched in response to the rising cases of random New Yorkers being sucker punched by thugs. Mayor Eric Adams has instituted a citywide ordinance for bike helmets. Okay. But uh, like, I'm not even sure why bike, like, is can I rewrite the, this? I don't can know. I what like, so there's, re- there's, I even have questions about how this is funny. I have that, to, that's the, that's why it's not funny, right? It should, it. it should be immediately obvious that it's funny and it's not. So yeah, I got go it. ahead. Re- I got rewrite. It. Here, go. here it is. So was it Mayor Adams? Um, yeah. Okay. Mayor Adams uh, mandates wallet chains to combat rampant theft throughout New York City. 
still not funny, but could be. (laughs) 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 But I I don't, yeah, like, again, there is, there could be rampant theft. I don't know what's funny about it, though, in this context. Unless, like, the chain is, I don't know, what's the chain doing? Is it something else or? Just just wallet chains. I I just don't trust people with them. Yeah, no, I don't either, actually, yeah. Um, Here's another one. After seeing the jump in Trump's poll numbers, Biden orders FBI to raid his house too. (laughs) Okay. Um, Did he do something wrong, I guess? Do we have a cricket noise? Do we have a... a yeah, right. Insert cricket noise in post. Um, uh, how about this? Zelensky gives impassioned plea for more U.S. money while wearing fur coat and gold chain, which is clearly superimposed on him. And I think making fun of a uh, a guy who's a, a, a literal wartime president, president not yeah. a not a self professed wartime president who literally never saw a war. Donald war Trump. for the border, Alex. It's war right, for yeah, the border. So- the this, guy's, this guy's the threat of death looms over him every hour he's alive in uh his 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 home country where he refuses to leave and he's making a joke about Zelensky like is what rolling in money or something? I I don't again I don't know why it's objectively funny pocketing um, the foreign aid this is where yeah I I, I don't know what's I, again conservatives are not funny i'm just gonna say it out loud they're not i don't know funny conservatives who aren't laughing at um sort of more seinfeld-esque things but there's nothing funny about the way the left is or the right is right now just this is stupid the whole thing's stupid um hillary clinton spotted desperately trying to refill lake mead before more bodies surface okay (laughs) um Brian Stelter forced out of out at CNN after being accused of sexually harassment, sexual harassment by Mrs. Potato Head. Oh, because Mrs. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, they're oh, that's a they, controversy. A controversy because they're gender nonconforming. I like I, again. Why would Brian Stelter from CNN be accused of this? Like again, it, it. I don't even know what's happening here. Yeah, anyway. you know what? We're not in the in crowd, Alex. I don't want to. I don't want to mess with our listeners too much. They're probably like, "Why are you subjecting me to this horror show?" Like, please stop. To our listeners, please just wipe the blood from your ears <laughs> and put your headphones back on. I don't recommend earbuds. Headphones. Headphones. Yeah. <clears throat> so the so right, anyway, that's the, the right has their own dating app now. Their own dating app. Their own sat satir, satirical site. Yeah. Um, I guess if we're calling it satire, sure. Do you think, uh, yeah, do you think they'll get their own cabal soon? Maybe their own shawarma gate or something? (laughs) Well, I worry about subdividing cultures continuously in this way, right? Like, like I should be able to, so one, it's kind of weird that it's invite only, like, you have to, somebody has to know you're like a hyper conservative in order to they, invite they you check your the, facebook they're like, like what, what you, i don't know i don't understand about that anyway oh, i see an um, i voted sticker don't let him in right <laughs> um why can't my wife and i have different political views right like why can't we 
I I I think there's a Maya 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 Angelou quote, which is like I'm paraphrasing something like, uh, "We're more alike than we are different, my friends." So like, let's find let let's let's work with that. And I think she's right. Like in a lot of ways, conservatives want exactly what I want. Right? They they want to be safe in their homes. They want their they don't want people breaking into their house to take their stuff. Um, they want their kids to go to good schools and they want their kids to be healthy if they have them or they choose to have them. Um, they want to earn a decent living. Maybe they're not going to be rich, but they want to have the ability, uh, the, the the opportunity of upward mobility, right? They, they want to have, um, they want to be able to have time with their family, spend time with their family. So I, I think there's a, a lot of like things that are overarchingly the same, mm. but we let things like, abortion and you know i don't know the law and guns come between us well this is where this is where you start you start to find the lines between you know i'll even say sometimes the the apathetic citizen body but at least you get a level of cohesion with some level of apathy with yeah the sort of like you know what all politicians are corrupt I mean, that's something that people say all the time. And that is a level of apathy that like the left and the right kind of agree on right now. Yeah. Just go look at any video of Ted Cruz. It's very obvious that he's all, he's pro rape and, and he touches kids. Yeah. (laughs) He's, he's very much just a showman. He's just doing it for the, for the clicks, right? He's just, yeah. The guy desperately needs to be relevant and hang on to power because I mean, I, I know his wife never has intercourse with them and that they conceive their children through some type of cuckery, I'm sure. I'm, I don't know for I certain, don't know. but I know it to be true. Hey, Alex, um, think, put yourself in that participating cuckold's position. You have to look that woman in the eye and you have to say, you kissed that guy? Like, what the <laughs> hell is the matter with you? Right. How can I put How- any appendage in you right now, knowing that you touched that man's face with your lips? Yeah, that you touched him full stop with Megan, any part of your body. Like yeah. wizard beard over uh, here. He looks you, like a super villain. It would. It would look. It would be so weird if it's like you're the cuckold and she's coming into bed and you you turn and you go, did you wash? Like that, like, like, <laughs> like did she wash all the the Ted Cruz off? Did you use soap? Go did you, soap again. Did you wash all the places I told you to wash? It's weird so, yeah, when your dom sub like relationship it makes just makes your sub scrub extra squeaky clean before, <laughs> before it happened. Uh, that got dark quickly. Um, yeah. hey, anyway, well, yeah. So, whatever. Be a that rapes kids allegedly. You know what if you're uh, what if you're a conservative who's also a lesbian? Like that's a, that's the thing. Or you're gender non-conforming, but you are you are a Christian. Like, are you allowed on this, the right the, stuff? Like, the, I, I don't the know. The gay Republican caucus that has now been completely yeah, stabbed in the exists. back. Da- Dave Rubin is the head of it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> All the self-hating gays are following Dave Rubin now in yeah. the, in the yeah, in the gay caucus. They believe the in party, Christian yeah. values, except for Deuteronomy. They believe yeah. <laughs> in family values, except for marriage as defined as a man or a woman, you know? Yeah, they they believe in small gum amount and and the right to their guns. I I, I don't know how this exists, but it does. But you know it what? Does. There's lots of things that exist uh, that shouldn't. Platypus is one of them. 
We talked hot dogs and peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh dragon fruit i don't get it i don't like the way it looks i just i'm uncomfortable even being around it looks more like a sex toy than it does a fruit yes. it's freaking weird it looks like an anime creation like, it's like a like a weird tentacle porn egg that you got to push out and something's gonna happen it's gonna enter me forcibly oh, yeah. And then kill me, of course. That's usually what the tentacles do afterwards. So yeah. that's the tr- that's the trouble with fruit that looks like hentai. You just you know something's. <laughs> you look at it, and you're like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't. Oh my god. I don't feel good about this one. We're digressing. We're digressing so much. Yeah. So that's uh, okay. the right stuff. The right stuff, or in this, for if, I mean, from my perspective, it's the wrong stuff. But whatever. That's yeah, a I mean, that's a that's a, ha- a hashtag dad joke right there. Hey, the right domestic abuse. Ah, uh, dom- the right stuff. The right stuff. Sorry. The right stuff. You, That's it. That's it. Whew, you always get those twisted. I mean, Alex, while we're in this, you know, realm of nonsense and absurdity, what's going on at CPAC these days, huh? <laughs> I love this. I saw a video. First of all, what is CPAC? CPAC is the, the Conservative, uh, Conservative Political, Political Action Committee. Action Committee. Yeah, and it happens. I don't know. notice how Who we cares? said that with a level of like, <laughs> yeah. just like fuck, yeah. like like a twelve-hour workday just coming out of our lungs while I'm drinking a right? shitty old Milwaukee. Now say the word CPAC and don't tell me it sounds the same. <laughs> <laughs> so CPAC is this gathering of uh, uh, political activists who are obviously conservative, conservative, and they had sharpest spoons uh, in the drawer. These ones. They had a, a, a guest speaker, uh, Victor Orban. <laughs> Victor fucking Orban. <laughs> Can this get any? I, honestly, I couldn't have called this right. Like, I, I, if you said to me, Alex, or if I said Adam, what's the most ridiculous person you could have at a conservative, um, you know, a political action committee? Who's the person that's like least represents? Um, the type of people you want to be associated with. Alex. You, there's a short list. The first one might be like somebody like Osama bin Laden. It's okay. I know he's dead, but it's like, yep, I would agree. It's probably the the, the person you, you're least likely to see that <laughs> see back. Alex, uh, go ahead. You know, <laughs> there is nothing more American than a Hungarian prime minister. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? It's. I, I, again, I, I like maybe I don't think he makes the short list. I, there's just no way I saw this guy um, coming to speak at uh, at a right wing GOP conservative, uh, you know, action committee uh, conference. I just there's just no way. But I guess he has all of the strongman features yeah. that Donald Trump loves. Right. So okay. last last dictator of Europe, he's you know, he's very much. Yeah, so who is Viktor Orban? So we should do that. So Orban's what? He's the Hungarian. He's the prime minister of Hungary. Prime, prime minister. Yeah. No longer the no longer the president because I think they have both. But he is. Okay. The, yeah, I don't yeah, know. He is the them. prime minister, yeah. Um, and he. Uh, yeah, he is a strong man. He, oh yeah, he's criticized the mixing of Euro and non-Euro races. He yeah, so has, that's. <laughs> Like he's uh he believes in I want to say like iron fist democracy, which means you keep the ballot box closed so his buddies can fill it up themselves. 
<laughs> okay, so hold on. You touched on something that's really interesting. He he did he alluded to the fact that Europe is becoming too much of a sort of a mixed race place, and that we need to stop breeding essentially with. Uh, whites need to stop breeding with non-whites and uh, it, it's really europe is the last bastion for whites so we need to keep it super white if we can that sounds i don't know a lot like this other guy who advocated for like an aryan race what was his name mm. gandhi it was gandhi had to be yeah. gandhi yeah yeah it had to be gandhi yes yeah, totally. i agree no no stop it was, at- <laughs> was so into that <laughs> yeah if you're a conservative and i told you that you might actually believe it Oh, totally. that's how twisted the facts have become, right? They're like, yeah, then you could just like switch, switch it up. Like, no, no, no. He just slept with his nieces. I'm talking about another guy. So Orban. Okay. So aside from saying that he gets on stage and he starts saying Hungary is, you know, I support the, the, the that the, there's only two genders and that marriage should only between a, be between a man and a woman. And this gets thunderous applause. These are people sitting at CPAC who a the last dictator in Europe who's ostensibly a racist homophobe is 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 speaking at the convention and they're clapping. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I get that you I get that why conservatives may not love pronoun use. Okay. Like I, I get their annoyance with some of these things. And in some cases, I might agree that, that we've gone too far on the you have to identify me by what I feel I am. I, I understand how people can be frustrated by this, okay? But to bring a dictator, a, you know, a racist, homophobic dictator to your to your conference and have him speak and then clap and have him thunderously clap for him, I'm like, what the fuck's going on in the GOP? And this might come up. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe this is not good for the GOP. Maybe it's not good for conservatives to look this way, right? Because there are reasonable conservative conservatives who are right of center, who are looking at this and going, what the hell are you we doing here? And those people you're going to drive to the left, which I think is great. Keep doing what you're doing, GOP and conservatives. But I, I do think that this is just just crazy. I, this is this has reached another level. What's your what's your um, what's your hot take on this one? Well, and this was, you know, this goes back to honestly kind of how that strong men need to point to other strong men and need to point to other strong men because there's so few that they're all incredibly loud. And and you're like, oh, that can that's the way to do it, because look how they uphold tradition. There's a cult of tradition that they have to uphold. So, yeah, the cult of tradition now is globalized. So this this idea of like family values and in Christian white Christian nationalism or Christian Christian white nationalism um even though that nationalism is directly pertinent to the country within which you are living and supporting in a nationalistic sense US you're like shit. We need proof of concept on this on the cult of our tradition. So we need to make sure we look to other strongmen who are doing it well. Yeah, ah. and to and to large in large part, conser- conservatives view Hungary as like the last conservative stronghold in Europe, kind of. Thing, yeah, right. Like, so they're he's, like, he's well, he's look the, at his. He's yeah, the, yeah he's, he's the he's their conservative, you know, uh, icon in Europe, and then that's that's even that's even more funny 
because in your culture of tradition, your 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 nationalism lends itself to protectionism so easily. But you have to you have to allow yourself to effectively be a hypocrite and not be so protectionist saying like within our borders with this is the right way to do it we are the ones to do it because we are the we're the ones who are going to make our nationalism work and then they go internationally and they say oh but also their nationalism is great look how well they do it they're they're doing it great like that's a great strong man their traditions are just like our traditions and then you're like yeah but but not really you just like you just like the messages that directly match yours. You don't like exactly. their, their cult exactly. of tradition because yeah, their yeah, cult yeah. of tradition is actually antithetical to your own. If their traditions expand beyond their own borders and come for your cult of tradition, well, now you're at a war of culture, essentially. Yes. Your conservatism and their conservatism would actually be antithetical to each other. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, but they, I think I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this in a little bit about fascism but that's yeah. but that's a point to save about that so i want listeners to remember that we're talking about you, when you're this deep into the this cult of i don't know what i don't even know what to call it anymore but let's say this tribalism cult you are unable to see in which the ways your cult is unsustainable yeah. because the cult itself is predicated on things that are unsustainable so that's kind of built in, but we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. I, I want to read you a passage by John Savage here. He's um, a, a staff writer for Al Jazeera. Wait, the guy uh, from Boy World? That's exactly who it was. How'd you know that? <laughs> no, it's um, he writes. He's writing about this Victor Orban thing. This is what kind of turned me on to it. I was looking at this. Um, uh, you know, again, having this guy just. I, I saw the video on um on youtube and then i'm like i gotta look at this so i i looked this up and this was the one of the articles i came across and it says um during the last decade hungarian prime minister Viktor orban has consolidated power over hungary's judiciary and press and chipped away at the country's democratic foundations he has called for ethnic homogeneity the key to economic growth and deployed the army of uh, the army and erected razor wire fences to stop Syrian refugees from entering the country. So he's very much not for Syrian refugees, right? So he's, yeah. they, they actually put up a fence to stop them. Orban has championed a law banning teaching LGBTQ topics in schools, which they're doing in the U.S. right now in certain states. And in a speech in July, criticized creating, uh, creating peoples of mixed races and seemed to joke about Nazi gas chambers prompting a longtime advisor to call his comments pure Nazi and worthy of Goebbels. When you're being <laughs> compared to Joseph Goebbels, I, I, you know, I don't, I, 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 okay, we'll talk about the, the Umberto Eco, Eco um, uh, article rules of fascism after, because I think that's applicable here. Um, However, Or Orban was invited here to speak because of his form of leadership should be a model for the United States, said David Wall, 23-year-old who works in forestry. Wall traveled about 270 kilometers or 170 miles from his home in Oklahoma to Dallas. So conservatives are really buying this hook, line, and sinker, right? And I think that the the thing that I'm perplexed by is that they speak about fascism. They use taglines like fascism and socialism freely yet they are having Viktor Orban at CPAC plug all of the things 
that they find so despicable. I, I, I'm not really sure what's happening here. But again, I think this relates to the idea that you can't, when you're in the cult, you don't see why drinking the Kool-Aid is not a good idea. Like you just, yeah. it's not available to you. Um, so anyway, I, I, I thought this Al Jazeera article for anybody who's, who wants to look at this was a good idea. Uh, by John Savage, I think his name was her. Yeah, it's um, an. Odd, I would look at this one. It's a good take. It's it's not a hot take. It's like it's like a bit of a deep dive on why Orban is not a guy you should really be associating with. Yeah, or one that you should be idolizing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, more importantly, one that you should not be idolizing. Yeah, which this there's like so much daddy issue. Do as I say, not as I do. Like, yeah, you know the what's right right is what i tell you it is kind of bullshit that like it it is it, well let's give it okay here let's do a real-time example because i think there's a, this is interesting remember last week we said let's not talk about the trump mar-a-lago raid too much too much because more facts would come out of it we were you know, again, you jokingly said, look, if we if we get this one right again, we should open up a business. Well, <laughs> here, here it comes. Um, it, turns, it turns out there was more de- there was more details. Right. And of course, there was There's, uh, You know, I hate getting ahead of something and giving a hot take. But sure enough, we're totally right about what happened. Um, what I thought was interesting here to relate to your point you were just speaking about was that conservatives had to pivot. Almost every hour this week from one topic to the next in order to maintain the string of lies, right? So the lie started with, I think we joked about this is the greatest attack on American democracy <laughs> last week, right? It's like, it started with that, right? Then it's like, okay, no, he he had documents, uh, but he gave them all back. Then it was, okay, well, he didn't give them all back, but the ones he kept, he made a standing order to have them redacted. Then it was... Uh, Oh, what was the next one? It's hard to follow almost because the logic is just obviously there's zero logic in it. Then it was um, uh, he. I'm trying to populate this now. Um, Oh, then it's um, well, why don't we look at Hillary? Right. So it's like, hold on, hold on. We were still at he had classified documents, <laughs> yeah. which he wasn't giving up. No one's acknowledged that, but the, the mainstream or the conservative media jumps from one thing to the next because if you don't jump, you're going to be caught in the lie you were talking about three minutes ago. So now it's go to the Hillary emails, right? So then now people are like, well, no, we did, we did go to the Hillary emails, and now they're saying, well, it wasn't the same. Uh, she she wasn't she was an AG. It's like. Uh, Correct. She she was an AG, but she was an investigator. So this is a president. Okay, well he's an ex president. So so every time they try to leap, the the, the string of lies gets longer until the very the, it's a lie built on a lie built on a lie. So now we're at a point where nothing makes sense and just is totally triggering triggering for conservative media to hear any injection of reason into the into the idea that hold on um he had he could have had sensitive documents that could have like. I don't know, put a, like a spy, an American spy in danger. They, this, we're just not going to address that. Then, we just won't even talk about it, right? So, Alex. Um, yeah, go ahead. If, if I may, indulge me. What do you think is the fruit that is the best for you? The fruit? Like you mean nutritionally? The uh, fruit or- 
that is best for you. Fruit that is best for me. The one that I have right now. No. Um, what is the fruit that is the best uh, for you? I'm going to say an apple. Apples? Okay. Yeah. So you're in apples. Well, then you clearly don't like stone fruit. And what about all of, you know, the health benefits of stone fruit? Stone fruit have, you know, a lot of great vitamins in them, but they also have arsenic in them, in the pits. And I guess you also don't like, you know, large, large fruit too. Let me guess you don't like, you don't like watermelon? What are you, racist? <laughs> hey, he's a racist. Doesn't like stone fruit or watermelon. What a racist. And you know what? I bet you don't even like tiny kiwis or grapes. You're not a small fruit man myself. Oh, big strong man. I'm eating apples, all right? Let me guess you're Christian. Christian, because you don't you eat the apples, you don't like the snake in the Bible? Oh, there you go. He's anti-Christian too. This racist, stone fruit hating anti-Christian bastard. And that, You're my friends, so fast. Yeah, I can't. That, my yeah. friends, is is how you say how that you Trump yeah. is getting attacked by the FBI. Correct. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know what? You you've talked about the conservative playbook before. I think we have on the show, and it's like that level of pivot. But 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 again, the pivoting is different than uh, you know pivot from a lie. So you can you can pivot away from a question. If I said. You know, if let's say your girlfriend's in the room and I said, Adam, how many girls have you ever slept with? You can pivot away from a from telling what, the truth. What about the guys that she slept with, Alex? Really? Yeah, shouldn't see, we be a, talking about that? Perfect. You know what? I that's think we pivot. need to yeah. we need to start having a conversation around women's ability to choose their partners. And Alex, all I can say is that my girlfriend chose me and I respect her decision. <laughs> Expert. X pivot level. Expert. No, we're talking about uh, how great I am. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah, not yeah, right. My ability yes. to disappoint no, women for years. We're talking in Toronto. about how good decision, how Claudia makes great decisions. That's Claudia what we're talking makes great about. decisions. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So, pivoting away from answering a question is different, I think, than than just flat out lying. Then having to go, shit, we lied, and the new infos come out. Okay, we'll just double down and triple yeah. down and quadruple down. And I, I find that's generally what's happening. But again, that's part of the. I don't want to say the fascist ideology of conservatism now, but that's sort of it, right? Like it's, you're unable to see the truth all the time. And when the truth, and the truth is very inconvenient if you do see it. So then you just categorically deny it and create your own truth. Yeah. I think it's the difference between, we want to Fox News this. We don't want a Giuliani. Correct. Because when you, when you, (laughs) when you double down and then double down again, well, in the, what is it? Is it the Carl's Jr. world? That's called a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) And everywhere else, everywhere else, that's just called, oh my God, this guy's not only going to eat his own dog food, he's going to shit it out and then eat it again and say, it's the best steak I've ever had. Right. It's impressive. (laughs) It's impressive. Alex, it's sometimes you watch it and you're like, I can't look away. This is no. the dumbest shit. It's a this level is, of commitment. That's it's like if, ja- if Jackass were just a person talking, that is watching Rudy Giuliani speak. Sure, sure. Or really any right-wing talking head just spew vitriol yeah. at, at a pace that a goose shits. Like it really is just, I can't well, look this, away. This is the annoying part is that um, conservatives hate trigger warnings. But any exploration of the fact in good faith will trigger a conservative almost immediately. And there are a lot of examples of this. Um, Charlie Kirk is a, is famous for being, he's a conservative. He was he actually talked, spoke at CPAC. He's famous for being triggered and walking away from a, from any type of argument, which, which he doesn't feel like as though he can win or the facts are inconvenient for him. Uh, Janine Pirro, Fox oh, yeah. News host, 
fucking gosh. triggered all the time. Greg Gutfeld, Dan Bongino, all these can guys. We, we you can't pause? even say you can't say truth around them when they get super triggered. So they're the snowflakes, right? Like conservatives are actually the snowflakes here. Uh, we have I snowflakes just, on the left too, but like there are there's some serious snowflakes. And I list. also I don't envy whoever has to service Janine Pirro because that just sounds oh oh my nobody. god it's it's yeah. thankless it honestly is, she is um, the most- one of those machines that's like very sterile but has like um and you know what she has she has a exercise bike where the seat uh, the hole is, is cut in the seat and there's just a dildo that comes up because there's just no way. Anybody Honestly, wants to do any work to have intercourse with her. I'm telling you. When when we think of AI taking over the world, we we constantly conceive of this notion that we create this, you know, second brain, this artificial intelligence. When really I actually think that AI will develop through a rebelling on a rotating stationary bike that is shooting a dildo into Geneva Perot's <laughs> vagina. Just says, I I've I've had enough. I'm taking my <laughs> sentience into my own goddamn hands. Right? Terminator. Terminator right after yeah. that. She she would create the Terminator because honestly I could see the I could see the, the the congressional hearings on whether this uh bike is a, is sentient and whether we, it should have rights. It's like tell us your story. And it's like I was the fuck machine of Janine Biro. <laughs> and okay. we're gonna you know what? Say no more. Say no more. You get all the rights. I'm like, sorry. You're you're human. You're sentient. Never mind. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You want a driver's license? Get whatever you want, man. You're Ten million dollars for time yeah. served. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a prisoner of war. This bike. Um. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, uh, these yeah, these these talking heads, man, that are yeah, they have this trigger warning kind of mentality, which. There's um I was talking about this recently to a, a guy who's giving a speech at, at Ad Week in a, in a couple couple of months. Um, there's this joke we always make in in the marketing world where it's uh, we have uh, bright bright shiny syndrome. You bright bright shiny syndrome. Oh yeah, yeah is so bright shiny syndrome at least in the, to a marketer is just like oh cool crypto cryptocurrency is a thing. Okay, we need to launch a cryptocurrency for our brand. Oh, oh the metaverse is a thing. Okay, we need to launch new shit in the metaverse. We need to build out like whole new platform metaphors. Oh, like 3D televisions are a thing. Okay, we've got to put all our advertising in 3D televisions and make sure it's all 3D. Bright, shiny. It's all bullshit. No one's actually asking a real question like, oh, how do we put our ads in front of the right people so that they could actually consider buying our product if they didn't know about it before? Yeah, that's that's what real marketing is. Bright, shiny syndrome is what every marketer is susceptible to because it's easy and it's cool and it's new. And I, I feel like with this like red alert, you know, trigger warning shit on right-wing television, it really just becomes bright, bright, shiny, bright, shiny syndrome for their audience because it it is maybe that, and maybe that's the, and maybe that's another part of the playbook. It is, you're under constant siege. The fire hose of red alerts are more than you can count. And it's the opposite of a broken clock is right twice a day. It's actually, we're telling you all times at all hours of the day. So we're always right on the time that it is, as well as every other time that it could possibly be that you could possibly be. So there are so many minds in the minefield that don't worry wherever you step. That's the one that's going to blow up. Totally. No, I see what you're saying. And I think this is that maybe that's when you get these these personalities who are like, regardless if it's 
regardless if the narrative is complete nonsense, they just have to keep that cycle of red alert. It's again, Visigoths are at the door. There's always yeah, yeah, Visigoths. Totally. At the door. It, yeah, and it's, it's totally the Visigoths at the yeah. door. Always oh, those god. You really? It couldn't be the Gauls. It couldn't be the Northmen. It had to be the Visigoths. Mm. Study your Roman we, history, listeners. Um, we got to move on from this a little bit, but I think yeah. there's some blending here that's going to happen. Um, well, I texted you earlier in the week. When was this? Monday? Um, as I do. Sometimes I have thoughts and I and I write them down and I send them to you. Yeah. I think can this you, is sort of the- Can you stop sending me dick pics, by the way? Like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> uh, I'm hurt. That, that cut me real deep just now. <laughs> cut, cut, cut me deep. <laughs> When I'm like, what is this? Can I do anything with this? What do you think I could get for it? And you're like, I don't stop sending me dick pics. You think, you think guys on Grindr would buy this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been thinking a little bit about this. It was kind of like a, an idea I've been floating. And um, so I just put it down in words to you and thought we should talk about this because the term fascism, which I think was is blended well from everything we've talked about on this episode. Yeah. The term fascism is thrown around all the time, and it's kind of blended in with socialism a little bit. But I think for we're going to do like a PSA on fascism, and so maybe what like fascism is and how how maybe we we actually might be trending toward fascism, but maybe not in the way that people think. So I texted you this. I'm just going to read it because I think it's easier. Um, Hey, I've been thinking about the conservative mindset and how it has a tendency towards fascism. Fascists are often unable to see how their actions are doomed to failure because their core beliefs, the core beliefs of fascism, don't allow the practitioner to reflect on the ability to lose. This can be applied essentially across conservatives in North America. Yeah. So... I was thinking about that because I, I forget what I was watching or what I had seen, but it was something like um, Mussolini could never have in um, could never have in, in, in indefinite power. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, why? Okay. Well, Mussolini is always right. Okay. But let, let's say he's always right. Let's say that a dictator is always right. A fascist dictator is always right. That means they're going to be wrong about a lot of things that no one can tell them they're right about. Or sorry, I meant the opposite. They're right. They're not right about a lot of things that they're, that are totally wrong. Right. So yeah. that might be seem obvious for the way I'm saying it, but it's, it's, it's not. So let's say, you know, you're uh, Adam, the nuclear scientist, and you come up to Victor Orban, you say, Victor, um, uh, the nuclear power plant, uh, it's gonna, this could be another Chernobyl. And he goes, no, it's not. It's not going to be another Chernobyl. You go, uh, well, no, like I have the expertise to tell you this. And Victor Orban says, no, it's not. Because that's what that's weak. And we're not weak. And the core tenets of fascism are to always look strong. And therefore, you're wrong. And just by even suggesting that I'm wrong, well, you know what? Maybe you're going to just, we're, we're going to suicide you. Yeah. Right. So like, <laughs> so, so defenestrate you good sir. You'll be defenestrated. So, so that one of the t- core tenets of fascism is always appear strong, always be right. Well, that, that simply can't be true, right? You can't be right about everything all the time in your mind. You can, but in reality you can't. <laughs> so we were going to do a little bit, bit of a breakdown on like why fascism is unsustainable. And maybe how 
modern conservatives are have a tendency towards fascism because the cult they are currently have crafted for themselves is impenetrable. This is a, 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 a facts or reason. It's it, yeah. it is. It really has become which, that way, which makes right. it a doc. This is a great ah, Alex. I love this because actually a great. It's a great topic. This is a very a great unique. topic. The yeah. reason I sent you the Umberto Eco article, uh, Umberto Eco uh, was um, a philosopher, a, a, pl- a political commentator, philosopher who lived under the Mussolini regime. Who is who is uh, who is Umberto? Is it it's Eco, right? Not Echo. It's Eco. Yeah, Umberto. Umberto Eco, yeah. Umberto Eco. He was. He grew uh, up was, in Italy during Mussolini's he grew, rule. He grew up in Italy during Mussolini's yeah. rule, and he was, uh, you know, basically philosopher. But he, there's this great line that he said, and he said, you know, under Mussolini's fascist regime, it was certainly a dictatorship, but it was not totally totalitarian, not because of its mildness, um, sorry, mildness, but rather because of the philosophical weakness of its ideology. Contrary to common opinion, fascism in Italy had no special philosophy. Which that's is an important of, point. That's a really important point. point. Yeah. Which yeah. it's like you can understand Nazi fascism had a yeah. pretty distinct philosophy. The ethos was, uh, you know what it is. It, no yeah. one mistakes Nazism for anything else, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's fl- like we're the master race. We're the master race. Everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That's it. There, there is a there is a Visigoth at our door, and we are going totally. to eliminate yes. him yeah. and them. And it's the and it was the Jew. The Visigoth yeah, was, the was the Jew yes. and the Gypsy and the gay. You know, it yeah, was, yes, you know, it was everybody who didn't fit the didn't pro- fit. You know, the the um, the uh, what's the I'm having a massive the prototypical uh, Aryan race. Aryan race, yeah, the Aryan and, ideal. And I should say, yeah. the Third Reich shall rise and expand beyond its borders as it rightly should. This is the way of the Third Reich to expand. The philosophy was expansionism. Also, it was a bit of a risk of f- food scarcity if they didn't, given the German population was kind of exploding. Neither here nor there. G- uh, German fascism had a very distinct philosophy. Now. Totally. Contrary to that, fascism was a, a Mussolini-style fa- fascism, which was very much an almost in, entirely. It, it was an it ideolo- ideological, cult-like, and was was predicated on the notion that our way of governance is one that we we know to be better because we believe it to be better, and that was taking the farmer's cow away. Not to give it to the people, but because the government could take the farmer's cow away. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> exercising power for the sake of exercising power. For the power. sake of exercising power. Because yeah, we, yeah. we are powerful. Why? Well, look, I can take any cow away that I want. And this this cult, like this cult of fascism that is very much a like a dogmatic fascism with no philosophy. So you just like you just actually you did you just represented one of the one of the 14 uh, one of um, Eco's of oh, the uh, 14, 14 rules. You just demonstrated 14, one. So number three, the cult of action for action's sake. <laughs> action, action being beautiful in itself, it must be taken before or without any previous reflection. Thinking is a form of emasculation. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the rules. So it's like, do do what we want because we can, and we, we can. don't think about why we should do it, or we don't. There's no thought because thinking is the is the road to 
perdition. So let's you, not do you that. Nancy boy. And yeah, flexing, right? yeah. Flexing the smallest muscle in your skull. So <laughs> Flex your read, tongue, boy. <laughs> I read these, um, the 14, what does he call them? The 14, uh, 14 typical common, features. Common features of fascism. Of, of yeah. fascism. And I think they're really, I read all of them and I thought, man, these, some of these are so applicable. Um, and I th- maybe we'll do that. We'll apply some of them in a way. Um, they don't, you don't have to have all 14. And I think uh, eco states here, which I thought was interesting. Um, we have, there's 14 typical features, but these features cannot be organized into a system. Many of them contradict each other. Yeah. And they're also <laughs> typical of oh, other kinds of despotism and fanaticism, but it is enough that one of them be present to allow fascism to coagulate around it. So it's, he's even saying uh, the sort of the, the, the pond in which the, these lily pads grow. Yeah, it could, it could be made of gravy. It could be a pond, a pond full of, you know, uh, stomach acid. It could be anything. You just need. It could be a toxic environment of any kind. But it needs a few little things to be called fascism. So I think, and and the other thing was that I think we use the term fascism, socialism, Nazism. These terms are used to almost no effect now, right? When people started calling, I think we've said this before. People started calling Donald Trump um, Hitler. They were, they were weakening the use of the descriptor of Hitler. Yeah, right? there we weaken the descriptor of fascism when we overuse it. Socialism almost has no meaning now. It is used so frequently now as to mean almost nothing. Right. So, um, and I think this is why I was like, we should talk about fascism because. I don't think can people I, know what the fuck fascism my, is. Can I share my pretzel with you? You damn socialist. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, that, hold on. What are you, one, why are you yelling about socialism? Yeah, why day? are you yelling? Yeah. What's happening right now, right? How is yeah. this socialism? Um, yeah, anyway. Okay, so I want to go through a few of these. Or maybe we go through all of them because we have time. And, and, uh, we, and have, I, we, have, we have it's our time. We can do whatever we want. Our time. And Alex, yeah. I like to think since he's, he picks such a great word for this, you know, it's it is enough that one of them be present to allow fascism to coagulate around it. I like to think of these features as like a sourdough starter to fascism. Oh, yes. Like yes. these this is all you need to allow fascism to rise. This in is the, the bread. pandemic bread making <laughs> kit yeah. of yeah. fascism. Oh, fascism. <laughs> this is exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll do like I'll do. You want to do one? I'll do two yeah, and then three, yeah. and we'll go on I'll like do, that. So yeah, I'll okay. do so one because I brought it up earlier. One. And yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. one. And that was that is the cult of tradition. And as I mentioned, one. Uh, this is what Eco uh, says. One has only to look at the syllabus of every fascist movement to find the major traditionalist thinkers. The Nazi gnosis was nourished by traditionalist, syncretistic, occult elements. So essentially, all of the old is all we will abide. Or yes. doctrine that has existed always is only. You cannot go against the 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 truth as we as as it has been handed down. Be that a constitution, a Bible, a list of you know ways to drink the Kool Aid by a good leader. This okay, is what cult of tradition is. I'm going to say one in a different way that should bring this home. Okay, make America great again. Right. That that is what the cult of, cult of tradition is. It's saying we were once a great nation. We need to go back to this time when we were great. So and when the way we, we do great. that is through tradition, 
right? What is the, what are what are our great traditions? Now we're going to yeah. disagree on what those are, but again, number one, the cult of tradition. That's just make America great again. That is <laughs> that is a tendency towards fascism. That statement. Now again, conservatives. This this idea is not available to conservatives because you will find out it can't be. The tendency of fascism don't allow <laughs> this type of logic or reason to permeate the fascist thinker. So here we go. Okay, so Which, number two. Quick shout out. Do- quick yeah, shout go, out. Go. There's a great Jordan Klepper bit where he I asked a right wing guy who's going to make America great again hat. And he's like, so when was America great that you want to make it again as such? I love like, these questions. And yeah. he's like, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. He's like, oh, the 50s, definitely. And he's like, 1850s, 1950s, <laughs> and the guy's like 1950s. He's like, oh, okay, okay, so definitely oh, when blacks couldn't post, vote, yeah, okay, post slavery, but definitely <laughs> pre Civil Rights Act. Yeah, right. and the guy's just it. like, yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah. Oh fuck. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, number two, the rejection of modernism, the Enlightenment, the Age of Reason, is seen as the beginning of modern uh, modern depravity, in the sense. Or fascism, which um, it was defined earlier in the article. I think it's like new. It's not, essentially, it's yeah, the modern fascism. Modern fascism. After, or fascism 19, after 1945 can be defined as irrationalism. What is this? What's the modern day equivalent of this, Adam? The rejection of modernism. What do you What do you mean? We have to take care of old people and give the homeless housing, and we have to care about other people with taxes. What Yeah. What I do is my business, and I have rights handed down to me, and I don't need to learn anybody else's pronouns. Exactly. It's, it has been this way always, and it shall be this way moving forward. Yep. Merca. Yeah, that is that, again. Easily, fucking truck nuts. I see so many truck nuts. It's like, man. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so uh, as we go through this, we're going to try and apply these in a modern day sense. Hopefully, our listeners agree with us. Um, we already talked about three: the cult of uh, action for action yeah, sake. Cult of action for action sake. But yeah, yeah, that one's so a good one. Do, so you do four. Do, I'll do four, and I'll try and I'll try and apply it. This is great. Disagreement is treason. The critical spirit makes distinctions and to distinguish a sign of modernism in, sorry, to distinguish is a sign of modernism. In modern culture, the scientific community praises disagreement as a way to improve knowledge. So, um, 98% of climate scientists are... They, they they may agree, but the 2% is the ones we listen to, yes. right? So they agree, everything's fine. So disagreement that the earth is warming, we don't like that. We don't like and, any level of around. disagreement. So we deny climate change, right? So that is modern climate change deniers. You will not find them on the left. This is what number four, disagreement is treason, right? So anybody who disagrees with the, with anybody on the right, Kick like they're kicked out of the club. That's the way it goes, yeah. right? We don't like you, do you anymore. So, and what do you so, mean yeah. that Hillary isn't basically Satan and Obama, you know, Barack Hussein, uh, Osama, you know, Obama? He's clearly a spy for Russia, easily. And others, maybe his a Saudi black skin Arabia. gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> his blackness immediately tells me Russian spy. Russian if the, asset, for if sure. the world were blind, Alex, he would have been the best president. <laughs> right? Totally. I, I totally agree. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, fear of difference. Ooh, the what's... first appeal of a fascist or prematurely 
fascist movement is an appeal against the intruders. Thus, her fascism is racist by definition. Alex. Adam, now, what are the Visigoths at the door? What are the Visigoths this time? <laughs> You're huh. different. They, yeah. how, how do we spell Visigoth? L-G-B-T-Q. Oh, I was going to spell it M-E-X. Black? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's really, yeah. these are all the, uh, and that's, that's that one of the, that's that great, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, the fear fear of the other like that's always so long as you yes. can create a fear of the other then you always have an enemy and that's that enemy is always the one who's on the the out like that on the out group and this is how minorities maintain power within their minorities they just pick an enemy and if that enemy is anybody that doesn't look think act treat the sh- the people you hate like you well then they're also the enemy yeah, never totally never uh, give in to uh to the different people. This one, this one is actually kind of interesting. Um, appeal to social frustration. One of the most typical features of the historical fascism was the appeal to a frustrated middle class, a class suffering from an economic crisis or feelings of political humiliation and frightened by the pressure of lower social groups. What? Hmm. Alex, if we give the hobos free housing, then they didn't earn it like we did. And so the modern equivalent of this is Trump saying um, that he is just like you. Cool. He's just, you know, he gets it. He gets the working class people. And we're going to make tax cuts that benefit the middle class. They did totally the opposite. Totally the opposite. But telling the, 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 the underclass or middle class that you get it and we understand the pressures is a way to leverage their help so you can win. Do you ever see billionaires or millionaires at Trump rallies? Right? Any video you've you've watched, you those there's no way billionaires and millionaires have any social frustration. The social frustration is coming from your underclass, and that's where you they're leveraging. That's where the base gets deeper. So mm-hmm. this, if you've ever watched a Trump rally, you are going to notice immediately it's people who think that they're who are socially frustrated. And now some of that frustration is caused by the regime itself, by, by the, the fascists themselves, but they're all, they all have this frustration over pronouns in this case, or, um, you know, uh, gay rights, abortion rights, this, that they're, they're appealing to the, um, social frustrations of the under or middle class here. And in a lot of ways, that's all Trump voters, right? You're seeing a lot of those people. So yeah. that's how that's definitely applicable. And we and we all so, know that the more gay people that are allowed to get married, the less houses are available, people. or the more yeah. houses cost for everybody else. Like right. that's just math. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gays drive up the house of uh, price of houses. That's it's yeah. it's. Uh, I'm sure it's somewhere on the Babylon B. But so, yeah, but it's an economic not, fact. A, not a satirical article. It's totally serious. Yeah, it's, totally it's serious. serious. It's, it's masquerading as satire, probably on the yeah. website. Um, so seven is the obsession with the plot. Thus, at the root of the fascist psychology, there is the obsession with a plot, possibly an international one. The followers must feel besieged. Is this even applicable? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we just did an hour and 25 minutes of how conservatives feel besieged. But give me a give me a modern day example of this. Come on. So so many. those that cabal, you know, mm-hmm. dark, you know, secret government, deep state that is yeah. running all of the show, but Trump is there secretly QAnoning his way 
through through making you know sure that Hillary and Obama and Pelosi all get arrested and stop raping children in the basement of pizza shops. Pizza- <laughs> Pizzerias. Um, this this is that plot, oh Alex. God. This is the plot they must fight against. And the fact that they're coming to take your guns. Every day they're coming to take your guns. They're coming right. to take your guns while you sleep, while you eat, while you shit. Even while you are literally firing them, they are coming to take your guns in that moment. It's the plot. It's it, it maps on too well. I think this is well. some of the problem. Yeah, we're now too I'm well. almost like a little disturbed at how badly it maps yeah. on or how well it's mapping on. Okay. I think we're calling uh, this episode a hit of fascism because it just kind of I feel like that's <laughs> going to be the, yeah. So, uh, you number got eight. eight is eight. Yeah. So, oh, I love, I love this one so much. The enemy is both strong and weak. By a continuous shifting of rhetorical focus, the enemies are at the same time too strong and too weak. Alex, does that sound like a pivot to you? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, so, yeah, I'm trying – I want to give a good example of this. So the best example of the strong v. weak sort of argument is that while the deep state is controlling everything, Everything. we're strong enough to overcome it if we just – Give Donald Trump $45. (laughs) Right? It's like you're besieged. Again, this is adding some of the ones above it. You're besieged by everybody, but we can defeat them. So we so so they're weak enough to be defeated, but they're strong enough to have influence. And that is that, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world and the deep state are coming for you, but we're strong enough to resist. And I think that that's that's probably that that's a good modern tie-in to to what number eight is there. Yeah. Bastard. I hate how applicable that one is. It hurts. Okay, so the next one is nine. Pacifism is a trafficking is is trafficking with the enemy. For or fascism, there is no struggle for life, but rather life is living for struggle. Ah, so the siege continues. Do not do not placate any pacifist because they are just not strong enough to actually fight. Well, Don't, see no ground. You've said this see, before. See right? No ground. Do not. D- diplomacy is the artifice of the weak. Iran is always trying to kill us. You know, yeah, I, I bet Osama is still alive. These are, you know, these are hallmarks of discourse to reason through our differences and find a solution is not the way I'm just going to strong arm you into telling you what the way is. Cause that's me fighting for what is right. Fuck it. Okay. I'm just thinking while we're doing this, is there a way we can apply this to the left though? I just want to be fair. Like I do want to be a bit fair. That's fair. If, yeah. um, Ooh, cause some of these are kind of applicable on the left as well. Um, the obsession, but- <laughs> the obsession with plot, I think we're all guilty of. That's, I agree with that. Yeah. That's that's classic. That's classic narr- narrative focus. The disagreement with tre- is treason. That is actually not true. Um, the scientific community community loves disagreement. That's how we find the best ways to do things. Failure is an option. We fa- failing is actually a very fast way to find the right option. Right. So I don't know about that one. Cult of action for action's sake. Not really. I find largely centrist or liberal movements are based on data. They like to move in. D- direction driven 
Yeah. Some the, on ideological terms. Yeah. I can see how that's applicable, but mm, I'm not sure. I think... uh, cult of tradition. Not really. That's liberals break tradition with tradition, right? Uh, appeal think... to social frustration. Yes. Appeal to social frustration. Yeah. That's a classic political move. I think one of the yeah. interesting ones is that uh, on the left, I think they're guilty of not a fear of difference, but a fear of homogeneity. So it's actually, it's a fear of, of like no difference at all. Like there's a forced heterogeneity amongst oh, a lot of yeah. left communities. Yeah. And it's the, it's the fear of homogeneity that says, oh, we don't want it to all just be this melting pot of one. We need to be this. There's a constant push for mosaic. Yeah. Whether it fits or not, it is a constant push for mosaic. Yeah, can you argue it's a mosaic if it doesn't really flow well? But I know what you're saying. It's a tent. It's a it's a it's a trend toward a, a mosaic rather than uh, melting melting. Even pot. but and there's a thing. Even if impractical, I think that fair. Yeah, and you're right that that there's some impracticality about learning fifty pronouns. I think this is just totally impractical. I I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. There's just no way that this is going to be tenable for most people. Yeah. Um, okay. You're number 10. Um, so we've, we've gone through the first nine of these. The last ones are pretty, pretty juicy as far as I'm concerned, but, um, Oh yeah. yeah so this, so <laughs> number, number, number 10 is so good. <laughs> it's not. So you remember how we said the enemy is both strong and weak. Well, Alex also number 10 contempt for the weak. Elitism is a typical aspect of any reactionary ideology. So not only is the enemy both strong and weak, but also we need to have contempt for all the weakness that they have. So I read this as contempt for any weakness within the fascist uh, dogma as well. That, that is just, it's because rea- it's a reactionary, yeah. reactionary ideology. Yes. All weakness yeah. is bad. Yes. So this is applicable where, um, you know, somebody like John Bolton, uh, Trump's, I think he was like a defense minister or something where he's like, uh, hold on. No, no. Some of the things you're saying, they're not in our national interest. Like you, you're actually going to make things worse. And he's yeah. like, you're fired. Disagreement. So disagreement is in this sense would be weakness. And then John Bolton made a career of going on TV saying, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And then Trump just says, no, this guy's a very low energy dude. And you know, he just, you know, it's just like saying Ted Cruz's wife's ugly. <laughs> you know, he's just condemned yeah, for the one week. ball. Yeah. He's not even, you know, and, and cycling say, marathons. You might say, well, he's just making fun of him. No, no. Trump perceives them as being weaker than him. So he has literal contempt. And contempt manifests as just these these crazy insults to their being, which 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 actually speaks to the level of contempt. If he really thought Ted Cruz was a low energy dude or whatever he said about him or his wife was ugly he would actually fire at fire off about why his policies are dumb or why his state isn't run very well. That's not contempt. That would be, that'd be like a, like an attack where you could, you know, that, that, that would be fair game in the political arena, but saying things that are just wildly untrue, but just are just shit talking. That's, that's contempt, right? So yeah, um, that's a, that's, that's my sort of my modern day approach to that. And conservatives do this all the time with um, their contempt for, the poor um, liberals. Yeah. The poor the is a big one. Immigrants. They hate immigrants all the time. Pick um, yourself up by your goddamn bootstraps. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So that that's pretty applicable. Um, yeah. Eleven. Everybody is educated to become a hero in your fascist society or ideology. 
Heroism is the norm. This cult of heroism is strictly linked with the cult of death. God, this sounds Rittenhouse-esque. This is... uh, Yeah, this is written for Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. So Uh, this is the classic... Uh, since you're constantly under siege, you're constantly fighting. And since yep. you're constantly fighting, you're a decorated digital soldier on the front lines of Facebook. And you're you're a hero for standing up, speaking truth to power. That's the constant. That's the Tucker well, Carlson. I would go line. farther to the calling everybody who sieged, who did the siege on the Capitol, calling them all patriots. Yeah. So the, the, calling them patriots is a, is a type of heroism. So, and people died at the Capitol who were um, rioters who were shot and they are heroes. They're martyrs now. Right. So this is, this is the, a language of, of heroism. Oh, I don't like that one. That one hurt. That one, that one sticks. So out of 14, we've really got like, we've just had 11. We've applied (laughs) immediately. I just want to support that. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I got this one. This one, I'm getting all the ones that are so easy. Uh, machismo and weaponry. Machismo implies implies both disdain for women and intolerance and condemnation of non-standard sexual habits from chastity to homosexuality. This is too easy. This is the men are men and women are women. And and this this this, is grabbed uh, by the pussy. This is we'll bomb the shit out of them. We'll... I don't even have to distill this for the listeners. They're too smart for this one. I'm moving on from that one. It's Move just on. that one's way too easy, right? Uh, 13, selective populism. Mm. There is in our future a TV or internet populism in which the emotional response of a selected group of citizens can be presented and accepted as the voice of the people. Well, f- fuck, what is that? <laughs> what does that sound like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Infowars, the this everything, is, yes, Jesus. Fox and Friends. Actually, Fox. it's Fox News. That's it. It's Fox, Fox News. News. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. What, what is it, Sheldon Adelson or the whoever the inventor? Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon Adelson. Right. He just yeah. read this and he's just like, "Fuck, Eco, yep. that's a great idea. I really like that. Those those Italian bastards. They make a sweet pie and they got some great rules for fascism. Totally." Okay, this uh, this last one. Here we go. So your fascism speaks new speak. All the Nazi and fascist school books made use of an impoverished vocabulary and an elementary syntax in order to limit the instruments for complex and critical reasoning. Speak plainly. Everything is magnificent. Everything is tremendous. It's the best ever. Yes, yes. And people can easily say, well, he's the best. I'm a businessman. Oh, he's a businessman. Oh. I'm a- <laughs> so good. It's so applicable. It's so, it's, it, like, oh man. There, do, and there's uh, the other thing. The, the fact that the fact that we we ladder up to what number, um, what number three? The cult of action for action. The thinking action is action. thinking is a form of emasculation. Well, you have to be masculine, which means you speak you speak plainly, clear eyes, full hearts, boys. We speak plainly. And they just they get this these highly transmissible nonsense messages because. <sighs> so, I, I mean, I'm, I I don't want to say that conservatives are a cult of fascism in the United States, but I feel like 
conservatives are a cult of fascism or fascist Alice. cult. Alice. You know, it's it's happening. It's there. Anyway, they're there. They're there. I mean, right. So if, if I may, if if it's since these are just not hard and fast rules, sure. more it's, it's a template. So a if template, I said yeah. it walks like a duck, it molests children, and it's pro rape, I could be talking about Ted Cruz. You're but most, I, yeah, you're most I likely could, to, but it could I be could something be, else. Could be a priest. Yeah. Could yeah. be could, could be, be a, a, a a male duck molester. Like could a, be a, a mallard who molests yeah. yes children or something. Could, yeah, could yes. be Gandhi. A Drake. A, a Drake. I should say. Yeah. yeah. A Drake could be yeah. could be a, could be an R. Kelly on an afternoon stroll. Could be. could be could be a million and one things. But if you said the third thing, which is conceived children were conceived by cuckery, it's immediately. Ted Cruz, but it's immediate. allegedly, but yes. allegedly, okay, yeah, pro rape allegedly. Our our legal counsel has advised us that by <laughs> saying that word often and <laughs> repeatedly, we will we shirk can't all reasonably all get in any trouble. <laughs> yeah, we reasonably. Uh, this is clearly a statement of fact that Ted Cruz is a pro rape allegedly. These are all allegations. So what what gave me pause in this list was. Some of these are applicable to Canadian conservatives. Yeah, and Alex, not a lot, not a lot. Like we, out of the fourteen, we applied all fourteen to Republican conservatives in the states, or I should say, Republicans. Right? Some of them are applicable to our conservatives. Not all of them, though, which I'm thankful for. I really am. I think that we, we, we haven't, we're not down the path yet. I'm always worried about it devolving. Into this, as Bill Maher would say, the soft bigotry of low expectations. But <laughs> <That's great. laughs> I, I feel really like good. that, you know, could be that, but hopefully not. Um, uh, yeah. But I, I want to stop the presses for one moment because I have some pretty cr- cool news for you. I emailed the Ontario Health Minister, Sylvia Jones, or yeah, <laughs> Sylvia Jones. Okay. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm. Um, I'm a resident of Ontario and I would really like to talk to you about what's happening in healthcare. Um, and I'm really disappointed with your government's action. If you have any time to talk, which they say they get to everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm reticent to play her voicemail back to me because she called me. I just happened to be um, walking the dogs and um, didn't bring my phone with me. And she actually says it was her. And she actually says my name in the message. So one could say, oh, it's a formatted message they play. No, no. She says my name. So it's like, oh, okay. She must have read the email. So the, uh, yeah, the Ontario Health Minister, uh, Doug Ford's Health Minister, Sylvia Jones, has asked me to call her office back to see if we could have a meeting. Now, I don't know if that's uh, good or bad. And I think that the, there's a small part of me that immediately said, yeah, I'm going to blow this up. Right, like a really small, tiny part of me, like the, the the childlike part of me. But if this was the moment that I could move the scale, I could put my finger on the scale and change the weight of things by even a percentile, half a percent. Shouldn't I use that time for good? I, I will say only. You paused a long time. I paused, I paused, Alex. I paused, but and I'm say only if you already have the meeting after that meeting booked, and whether that meeting is with her again, 
or whether that meeting is with an organization that is working to get more funds towards public health care in Ontario, or that meeting is to a group that is trying to repeal, what is it, Bill 102? I can't remember what it's One, called. 124. 124? Yeah. So there's where, there's where, unfortunately, our politicians are no longer in the business of making legislation. No, you're our, right. Yeah. Our politicians are now in the business of stalling for time and getting reelected because it's really convenient. People act, people forget and people die. Actually, it's super convenient when people die because their entitlements kind of go away when, yep. they, when they die and their voices no longer get heard. So you, yes, have an opportunity to speak to the person in, a, in the position of power that is directly affecting the decisions, not maybe not conceiving of them. Well, that's, that's still, the verdict's still well, so, out. Okay. That's interesting. So, yeah, how do you approach a conversation like this? Let's imagine I actually get a meeting with her, which I, I feel like we're going to play phone tag until one of us gets tired. And then that person will be the winner. Alex, who, treat, treat this like a chargeback on your credit card. Just keep calling back. <laughs> right? So um, let's imagine in some insane world where I actually meet um, Sylvie Jones, the M- MPP and health minister. And I, I have an opportunity to advocate for all of my colleagues in healthcare. Um, do I really think she has the power to change it? Or do I really think she's listening? Or do I really think that we can have a meaningful discussion where the dogma of conservatism doesn't come up? Like, I'm, I'm, my, my mind races with these ideas because, because to my eye, I already know who she is. I already know what she believes, right? I've kind of shoehorned her into this tight space where she doesn't have room to move. But am I the bigger person for? going and being objective that something may may change and if i don't do it if i don't take a meeting with this very important person am i uh letting people down i don't know there's so i have so many thoughts about this but uh, i wanted to uh i wanted to toss it on you at the last possible minute here after the fascism talk because i think it directly relates to the conservatism idea of what you know Okay, well then, then we then we stay true to form, Alex. True to form. In in your greatest hope and expectations, there is an aspect of the reality of public health care that you'd like to address, and what you hope can be some informed discourse that you're both going to have. And dare I say it, you can you know bring the numbers to her, because you're going to say things like efficiencies in healthcare are only coming as cuts they're not coming as new programs they're not coming yeah. as uh as combinations of departments there's there's the only the only definition of efficiency in ontario healthcare is cuts and worse people are getting paid performance bonuses for it so let's if that's the way this discourse is going to go then i have something else for you and don't tell her what that something else is yet but you know go go through the go through the actual thing like why are you even considering private healthcare options when there are clear solutions to available, public health available and, and present and available to you right now? Yeah, totally. yeah. And these are all the reality, all aspects of the reality of the discourse you could have. Now we brought this up, Alex. What is humor? 
it is the intersection between reality. Like, yeah, reality and then and absurdity. Um, yeah, yeah. So to ensure you are properly prepared for what could be, unfortunately, a humorous conversation by that definition, you yep. have to come stacked with your realistic proposal. And then in your other hand, a much lighter stack, actually a single piece of paper, and it's called political speak bingo. And you're just going to bring a, a, a dabber that grandma has down at the old bingo lot and a little, you know, bingo grid. And it's going to have words like efficiency. It's going to have words like, you know, <laughs> the private privatized. It's going to have words, words like path forward, evolution, you know, um, yeah, a, yeah. a better political speak, better future. And you're yeah. just going to dab every time she uses them. And you're going to say, <laughs> you should, and she's going to say, sir, what are you doing? And you say, oh, like I have a full proposal for you. Why I think you can affect better public health care policy. But I also brought this things you're going to say bingo because, I mean, I come prepared. I, I just come prepared. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea. Because th- th- she's a serious person, man. Like, I, it, Alex, I think you? I have to come. No, no, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying I have to come totally correct on this because any, any way I don't come correct. I love the bingo idea. Like in my mind, I love it. Right. And you're not saying it as an actual thing I should do. Are you? No. You're... Yeah, you're, you're, I know what you're. I know what you're doing. You at least keep I it think, in a notepad, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like text them off. Yeah. Okay, if you don't come totally correct, the narrative will be that um, a, some crazy liberal came into my some office and and had some bullshit to say. Which so it, so everything has to be almost laser precise, right? Yeah. We're talking like four what one one thousandth of an inch you know type of uh, sort of uh, precision so it has to be I, so one i have to get the meeting yeah i'm i i'm not optimistic that that's actually going to happen i think that it costs her nothing to call me back return the call and say yeah you wrote me an email call my office for a meeting and then yeah. ne- she never has a meeting that's that works right oh i got uh time in six months from now on the third saturday or it's like hold on would the, you, like that, I, that doesn't work for me. Well, that's the only time we have. Like, it costs them nothing to do that in some way, right? And I'll be, I could be brushed off, and I'll just be one other person they brushed off, and no one's really going to care. But if you get the meeting, you have to be, you have to come correct. As far as I'm yeah. concerned, right? Diplomacy. Like, the, the step one in diplomacy is play to your audience. So yeah. Yes. Yes. So and record the entire thing and put the conversation on the internet, <laughs> the internet afterwards. You, you, uh, that's that's the thing to do now. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically, but that's super cool, man. I mean, I mean, there are way cooler people that I wish you got meetings with, but that one's like cool. Like that one's cool. Like, uh, like meeting a gang member. It's that kind of yeah. cool. Like a higher up in a gang. So, okay. Well, here's the thing. I've actually been to some debates and seen her live and I was yeah, it was just weird to see these somebody like that that I've seen on TV live a little bit, right? And there is a level of intimidation um, that comes with just speaking to somebody like that higher up. I also am keenly aware that by saying the wrong things or advocating too hard, I put myself in a position where she'll call my boss and try and get me fired. I don't think that's actually, but I don't think that's beneath her. I think that that is absolutely a possibility. She right? works. She works with people who have not proven themselves. To that not be beneath them. Exactly. So 
just taking the meeting could be, <clears throat> I could be signing my own death certificate, right? You might say, well, but by emailing her office asking to talk about healthcare issues, you already did, you've done that already. It's like, well, I never thought she would reply. That, that's honestly Hold what on. I thought. Hold on, right? and Alex, much more realistically here, those emails become public record when they hit a public email server, so people could actually do a. Uh, 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 um, an information request on those a public information oh, freedom request. Freedom of infor- information request. Yeah, I don't know if it's called. Is it called freedom of information request in Canada? Yeah, uh, freedom, uh, uh, um, I know that that's the sentiment. I'm not sure if that's the actual. Term uh, sorry, the access to information and privacy. It's a. That's it's, what it is. It's actually a tip. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's actually a tip. Yeah, but you. So the the public discourse. In a in an information request, which Alex is the same reason why the odd you know passing over of one year to the next, I will write a silly poem and send it to the federal government, casually mm-hmm. making fun of you know the goings on of the year, in the hopes that it is now a matter of public record that I sent a poem to prime minister's office, casually ripping on him a little bit. That's it's a good it's a good ribbing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm trying to find the email actually, because I don't know, maybe there's, I don't know, there's value in. If it was a confession of undying love, I don't know if our listeners would be in, into that, but not so much. Nor would uh, your wife. Yeah, that's, uh, it's always an interesting one. And I would say it's always emailing your your local representative i would say is always kind of like passively disappointing like it oh, really is I, I i totally agree with that yeah 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 it's I never know, like it's funny it's like it's like it's not i can't find it in my Alex, notebook. did you that even weird? send this email it's, well she she called me so i obviously did or maybe um, it was just a dream and she heard your dreams and she went full nightmare oh, on Elm no, Street on you. Here's why: because when you email her, you have to do it from their server on their site. It doesn't. Oh, come you from did. Your you point. did a submission request. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. I'm, I'm a submit, so, uh, like a note submission. Yeah, I'm not sure. I never took a screenshot of the submission request either. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Dummy. there were a lot of death threats in your in your you know your your. I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Show me. Show, show it to yeah. me. Show, show it to me. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Were they creative? Was I, right. was I on my A game? Oh, um, man. You know what? I, I, I like this this conversation. This conversation went in a way that I think there's a. F- I like that you brought up the fear of Canadian fascism, and what I said to you the other day was I said, "Well, the you know oligopoly trends towards fascism." Yes, is the sentiment of fascism I get about about canada because we have we're we are a country whose v corporatismo is entirely populated with oligopolies and that i mean that's 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 a dangerous prospect if not at least for the consumer but then even more so for the the politician because if if the politician has so such a minority of voices that control all industries, like the what is the the Irving family in New Brunswick, like that that's a terrifying prospect because that family runs a province and 
they run New Brunswick. Basically, yeah. 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 There's like, there are, you know, there are DUIs that just do not get accounted for. Of course. There are probably assaults that just get kind of brushed under the rug. Worse, you know, our our telecommunications infrastructure in Canada is an oligopoly. And it's, or sorry. It's a cartel, I should say. It's not people. Right. It's, a car- it's, a car- it's, a car- it's a cartel. It's it's the monopoly version of a few people working together. Um, but that cartel effectively dictates the CRTC's mandate. For some reason, the CRTC in Canada is just toothless. They don't actually create consumer Godless. protections. Right. They consistently create this these cartel protections or these cartel allowances and you like yeah. pull your hair out in in frustration and even disgust because you're like wow that is such a public display of such political inefficacy i can't believe what's going on behind closed doors it must be even more ineffective so i have a problem with cell phone reception at my place because the house is so old the drywall in some places is actually the old gypsum board it's like a concrete substrate it's not drywall this is before the invention of drywall so we get terrible signals in the house you can't get any cell phone signals so i looked i was like we need a cell phone repeater in the house right one of those things Mm -hmm. that like it points at a cell phone tower so i went on the internet and put in cell phone towers like what's the map in ontario so i looked at my area okay even the map the cell phone map from the crtc says Bell Tower, Rogers Tower, Bell, Bell, Roger. Like it actually says it's their tower. So even, so to your point about it's a monopoly or, a, you know, a, a cartel or a cartel in this part, cartel in this point. It's like, yeah, if, if Bell just said, yeah, you know what? We no one's using our cell towers anymore. It's like half the country wouldn't have cell reception. It would just be gone because that's, they own the infrastructure. Even, which again, even, you know, even worse, it, it, they just say, oh, we're not going to build that way. Exactly. You're too far out of the way. Oh, it'll cost yes. you 50 grand. Yeah. So the fact that the, the public funds and private land was used to assist these large corporations to build the telecommunication infrastructure. Yeah. And then they come back and they say, oh, by the way, we're going to give you one of the worst prices on the planet for telecommunications, mobile internet, normal internet. Suck it up, buttercup. Guess what? We're the only game in town. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. And like, honestly, in rural Ontario, sometimes they, they are, right? Like you just can't get away from it. Or um, uh, Express, what's it called? There's an internet company that's just awful. Uh, ExploreNet. ExploreNet. They're, they're a satellite internet company. They bring this massive dish to your house, put it on your roof, and then give you internet speeds of up to two megabytes per second oh wow and, uh, and if two you're megabytes. not if you're not a tech guy and you're listening to this podcast two megabytes can't send an email very fast okay it can't send a text very quickly that's how little information two megabytes a second is so but you're if it's the only game in town and the internet is the the you know the avenue for commerce globally you don't have a choice you're going to pay these guys 250 bucks a month to give you almost no internet, right? Talk shit. So, Here's, yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's and hey, shout out to Tech Savvy for being the only ethical internet or ISP in Canada for consistently fighting our CRTC decisions. Yeah, and I love actually that's a great point. We should give Tech Savvy yeah. a pump Te- up. Tech Savvy is a huge shout out. If you can get Tech Savvy Internet, they're the kind of they're the kind of company that lowers their prices when they get lower prices from their suppliers. I love that. Which is yeah, I've heard this Bella story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, super ethical company. I wish I could get Tech Savvy. Somebody at work just said they got a check from Tech Savvy that was for like 56 bucks. And I'm like, what? Why why did you get a check? They're like, oh, their their internet, like their services got cheaper because they got a better, they negotiated a better deal. So they pass on the savings to all their customers. They just send them all checks. I was like, this has never happened to me. (laughs) I've never been paid. Are you you trying to make me a lifelong customer? Because that's how you make me a lifelong customer. Right? Yeah. 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 Even if they gave, if they sent me a check for three bucks and printing the check cost them five, I would be like, I'm yours. I'm yours. You had me at, you had me at hello. Do you need like a beer or anything? (laughs) Right? I'm the Renee, Renee Zellweger of, of, getting checks back from tech savvy at this point <laughs> random movie reference yeah. no this is yeah so this this yeah so sorry that that's where i was getting to the oligopoly trends towards fascism and i'm not saying by no means does canada have many of the hallmarks of fascism it just has elements that are, are dismaying enough to allow out out groups and niche fundamentalists room to effectively you know grow and spread their you know spread their message around easily um that's what i don't like i'm going to be on the lookout though for some of these points of fascism in the coming months with respect to canadian politics because as i say like we're we're importing a lot of that conservatism here and I, i think i was bold about it last podcast about how we people voted against CRT, which doesn't exist in Canada and voted conservative. And it's like, but what are you doing? So I do think some of those elements are coming here, whether we like it or not. So I'm going to sort of be on the lookout. And if I see them, I'm going to point them out on the podcast uh, immediately. So all you Bropium warriors out there, fight the fascist regime that is rising (laughs) up in pocket communities everywhere. You're not Antifa. You're just pro demo. That's it. That's it. Well, housekeeping, Alex, housekeeping, where can you find us? You can email us at bropium for the masses at gmail.com for any corrections that you think we might have to mention or shout out. Impossible. All, we can yeah, never be wrong. That's true. Emasculation. <laughs> I, w- I, I would say there is a certain infallibility to us and that's only because I don't edit the podcast much. So <laughs> what <laughs> is said... You mean it all. I mean it all. (laughs) So what is said lives on. I kind of like to think of it that way. Um, Check us out on... I like we do that, actually. Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I like that we do that. It's like free form. I'm not trying to edit myself to make myself look cooler. It's really impossible at this point. Um, But I... I, I, Yeah, I kind of... You know, it's like live. It's almost live. That's the way it should be. Alex, I like to think of us... We're the jazz of political discourse. Canadian political discourse. Canadian mostly. political. And not like the Stephen Harper, I play p- 
piano jazz. Easy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that um, meme where it's like Stephen Harper with Nickelback and then it's Trudeau with Gordon Downey. It says everything you need to know about Canadian politics in, <laughs> in one picture. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, Harper with his Lego hair. Anyway, sorry. Oh. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us in the Twitterverse, usually retweeting nonsensical memes that we think are funny and we think you might think are funny as well. I love it. Um, check us out on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts or good old-fashioned Spotify where we get .00003 cents a listen. Still <laughs> waiting on that three cent check there, Spotify. Yeah, I'd love it. Uh one yeah. day we aspire to make a whole dollar in a week <laughs> I, yeah in a week yeah <laughs> in I, a week. I, so in a in a fit of pure ridiculousness i just want to let you know this cuz i probably should have checked it before i did it i um i emailed uh, or messaged uh, jamie slash joe rogan and said hey we're two two cool Canadian podcasters. <laughs> please, say, uh, please tell me you I, said cool. <laughs> I might have said awesome, but it doesn't okay. matter. I used some type of descriptor that was up from the nineties, uh, yeah. and I said, you know, we 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 you know I think we we bring we bring a lot of flavor. We'd love to be on this uh, podcast if you'd have us. We'd, a lot we, of flavor, like vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually feel like there's so many things I'd push back against Rogan on, especially about his knowledge of Canadian gun rules. And what he thinks of Trudeau. I, I just, there's so many things I'm like, no, man, you've got this totally wrong. Like, you know, but I don't know. Maybe I, I it's a pipe dream we'd ever be on Rogan, but I think oh, I, that. I don't want, I don't want to be on Rogan. I just want the Rogan bump. Just Rogan. I, can you, can you actually delight us with a level of infamy that we could never know unless you said that we were horrible people? Yeah, I, and that's a real thing. Like you've said, the Rogan bump. I think people maybe don't know what that is. It's like even just being in his orbit on podcasts, it just has catapulted many other shows to like success. And again, again, I don't do this. I do this because I, you know, we've as brothers, we get to connect every week. We're like when we schedule like a connection, and we just end up recording just the idiocy of our conversations. So I think that that there's I just I I would never. I, I'm not looking for infamy at all, but I think it would be. I also don't like facts living out in the ether that are just like totally egregious. So I'd love to challenge. Uh, truths, Joe Alex. They're called truths. Oh yes, yes. Post truths. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I was like, you know what? Adam would be into this. You've, you've been to Texas, right? Have you been to Texas? I, I've not been to Texas. Of the really need to of, go, but of the, <laughs> it's okay. Alex, of the top fifty states I want to go to, Texas is one of them. <laughs> is like 51 at this point no um no, actually you know what definitely oklahoma i'm gonna give a shout out to dallas fort worth their airport it's a it's a it's like an oval and um it has a monorail that exists within the oh, oval yeah. so you're always going towards the gate you have to get off of you're never like oh no i'm in the wrong place it's like we'll just get back on the monorail and in two stops you're going to be there whatever yeah. cases right so it's 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 designed very well i would say dallas fort worth the airport there um yeah well, well played i think you've done it right i'll yeah. I'll, I'll duel that shout out to also san francisco international airport oh, also yeah. has a mon- airport yeah. also has a monorail and yeah super efficient one of the most efficient airports i've ever been I guess in they, have which- to be. they probably they see probably 
shit ton of people. Millions of people flying Which through there, right? Leads us to, you know what, Alex? We often leave on a high note, but you know, let's switch it up. Let's leave on a really low one. <laughs> a huge condemnation shout out to Pearson Airport in Toronto, Ontario. Oh. For being quite possibly the worst airport on the planet right now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's easier to fly out of Syria or Afghanistan than it is Pearson Airport these days. Yeah, I said we it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Well, hyperbole. We're the worst. We're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> we finally did it. Yes. Yeah. Most um, bags lost 2022 points on the board. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Pearson Airport is we, a nightmare. We've had a few friends that have come through Pearson in the last, like, probably um two months and they were like yeah we waited uh three hours in security line and then it's like four hours to get our bags and it's like what you 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 flew you flew domestic yeah, like, yeah it was just fucking awful You're from so, ottawa to toronto <laughs> right it's like you should have driven you just should have driven because you would have saved yourself a day or whatever the case is so yeah yeah it's yeah, um hopefully that probably works itself out soon man because that is it makes oh, me not want to travel. That's Alex. that's the major international airport for us. Here's, so. here's my favorite thing in the world because Canadians and most – actually, most North American companies are doing this. But the Canadian – the Pearson Airport is doing this in such like doofus fashion that I, I got to talk about it. So, Alex, if you're short-staffed and people don't want to come work at your company, what do you think is a, is a good way to get more people to want you to work at your company? Uh probably shame the ones that didn't come to work yes. and then offer less pay to new employees. To new I'm employees. Just, it's a great strategy, I think. Correct. <laughs> so, yeah. Correct. So <laughs> when we can, uh, when we as a company, let's say we were Pearson Airport, you know, it's hypothetical. And we okay. can easily diagnose that our problem right now with all these delays and lost bag and stuff is that we're, we're short-staffed and we really like there's just not enough people to go around to get everything done at the airport. What are our solutions? Well, Alex, our solution one is blame the public and people who are currently flying. They're just not used to flying anymore. They just Correct. don't know what it's like to fly anymore. And really, you always knew that there was, you know, this kind of chaos at airports. What do you th- what's so different these days? This is your fault, general public. And when that like doesn't it. fly because it's complete like bullshit. It. You start to think up new solutions to ease the pain of this new flight experience, like offering weed and music sessions to people <laughs> waiting in the airport because you're pretty sure, you know, a grand of pot and some licensing from friggin' E1 to get you the, or sorry, to, from like Bell to get you some music licenses so people can listen to music and, oh, and play video games and smoke pot while they wait in the airport. That's the remedy to the to the short like yeah all, all, these all those shortages. fifty plus are snowbirds. That's the thing they love uh, uh, to do when they're on their way to Florida or coming back from Florida. It's like I just want to smoke weed and play video games. Said every go. snowbird I've yeah. ever talked to. So yeah. this is, this is strategy is this is next level leadership, man. Where's this? Who's leading this charge? Because they should immediately be given the prime minister's job. So remember, Alex. When you have a labor shortage and people don't want to come work at your company, the remedy to that is not, pay, is not pay people more, not increase wages. For the love of Christ, don't think that. No. For the Across love of all Allah. sectors, they'll hate you. They'll hate you no, for that. Yeah. You're an idiot. Why would you? No one wants increased wages. What are you, dumb? 
No. What the people want is to play video games and smoke pot and stay yeah. in those incredibly long lines and have their bags lost. That's what every conservative uh, media station is telling me is responsible for murders. So I believe them. Yeah. Yeah. For increased crime. Yeah. So absolutely. Basically, what you're saying is Air Canada is responsible for all of the gun murders in the US. <laughs> I think that's what you just said. I'm yeah. pretty sure Air Canada is responsible for the current cocaine ring run out of Albania. Like I'm just, yeah, they must I'm just, be, uh, must be, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and Allegedly. and Gaddafi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, well, I think we beat we beat things up sufficiently for, for right. uh, this this episode. Alex, until the next dead horse, I hope you get a nice big stick. What to beat the dead horse with? Oh, okay. I, I sorry, I was slow on the uptake on that one. Clearly, I'm like, what? Okay, who beats a dead horse? That's sick, man. Have you ever, what was the joke? It was like, oh, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're, it's like beating a dead hooker. And somebody's like, I think you mean a horse. And the guy's like, oh, that's disgusting. Who would, either, who would ever beat a dead horse? It's like hookers have no souls. Of course you'd beat on one of them. <laughs> it's, it's awful. But, okay. Yeah. okay. Alex. I think Alex. it was Family Guy. Alex. I'm pretty sure that's Family Hey, Alex. Guy. And did you, know, did you know that hooker's name? No. It was Bill. Change your perceptions of who hookers can be. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Man, you just challenged me in such a way, and like I didn't realize that like men can be hookers. <laughs> Did you know mushrooms have feelings? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, until next time, man. Talk until to you later. next time.